Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Riddle me this, clowns. What has 80 firearms, one baby, one Italian, one English dude, and one hell of a rotund antagonist with one great mustache? Yes, you guessed right. If you happen to guess right, it is 2007's Shoot 'em Up. We are honoring the versatile and usually kind of sweaty Paul Giamatti for this episode. Although he has always been more of a goatee, full beard kind of guy, in this movie his amber-colored bristles with a little touch of salt and pepper on his, on his upper lip are the highlight of his facial hair. I honestly totally understand that he keeps hair on his chin. I don't know if you can look it up on Google Images. If you look up, look up good old Paul Giamatti without a beard, oh my god, it's a melting candle. But you know what? Either way, I'm so glad I got to do this fucking movie. I can't wait to get into this crazy movie with you. Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you. We're ready for the show. We'll watch movies, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you. What is up, everybody? We are back. Mustachio Podcastio in your face. Hope, hope you have it. Hope you've had a good time with with all these great episodes we've released. You know, a lot of them are, you know, I think uh, some of those solo cholos probably not as great. But you know what? I do enjoy uh, those. But I really enjoy having guests. And today's guest. Oh, today's guest. I've been waiting. Uh, you know, I've been checking my calendar really hoping I could get him on board. I've been on his show and I had a really, really good time. He's got that Southern charm that just, you know, makes you want to have a beer with him immediately the moment you meet him. He's a great guy. His name is Mike. He is the host of Whack Brackets. Mike, how are you doing, baby? Hey, man, I like, I got the Southern charm that you like. <laughs> no, I don't sound like that, people. I do have a slight Southern accent, but I am not full full bore uh southern boy but yeah uh thanks for having me on daniel i've been wanting to come on here for a while as well uh you've been a guest on a couple of episodes of whack brackets one that's probably going to release after this episode and a couple that released before so if you want to check out daniel come check him out over there you want to see what we're doing but yeah thank you so much for having me on i'm, I'm really excited this should be a lot of fun what was the um what was the first? Uh, I, I'm blanking out. What was the first Whack Brackets episode? What did we cover? I'm so stuck on our current one. I think it was um, Mustachioed Actors. That's right. <laughs> yes. Of course. Of course it was. Yeah, that that actually that actually was an amazing. Uh, we had some solid debate in that one. I yeah. remember going back and forth specifically on, and I don't, I'm just going to tease it. I don't spoil anything for y'all on who won. But we had quite a uh, tit for tat, which we'll be hearing a little bit more <laughs> of that term in the movie today. But we had a little tit for tat on who would be a better stepfather. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Charles Bronson or who was a uh, um, um, shit. Oh, I don't Carl remember. Weathers. 
Yeah. It was Charles Bronson or Carl Weathers. Who would be the, the greater stepdad? I was arguing for Bronson. He was arguing for Weathers. It was quite a back and forth. It was a good time. And I still I brought that up to friends because it's such a good question that it's just fun to like see people's reasoning behind which one would be the better one. Obviously, a lot of people pick against Bronson because, uh, well, it means if he's your stepdad, you're probably going to die. <laughs> Pretty much. He hasn't had much luck with the children in the, yeah. in the Death Wish movies. And I would say that uh, today's movie, uh, you the movie you picked, by the way, Shoot 'Em Up, definitely has that sort of revenge. You, you learn as you're watching it, but it definitely has that. It's like, gosh, it's like a Charles Bronson Death Wish, but on on meth, crack, speed, uh, uh, hallucinogens, and all that good stuff. So tell us why, what what made you want to talk about Shoot 'em Up today? You know, I'm not even sure. I'd never seen the movie, but I was I was looking actually for movies to watch. I've been on a couple of other uh, podcast, podcasters that had done movies, and it was one yeah. that came, I came across. I think I even recommended it to a guy, and we ended up going away from it. But I was very much like, this movie sounds insane. And yeah. it just kind of stuck with me. And then when, when you offered for me to be on this episode, I was like, well, at least Paul Giamatti does have a mustache and he tends yeah. to wear one. He, he does. looks ridiculous without one. He so. does look very doughy faced without yes. a stash. His stash is sort of essential, at least having some sort of facial hair. And in this movie, he, he has kind of like that grisly, I haven't really taken care of my, kind of like what I have right now. He hasn't really done anything with his face, but he's his stash is still quite more prominent than anything else. And mm -hmm. when you mentioned shoot him up, um, and I thought about it, and I thought about Paul Giamatti, and I was like, "You're per that's perfect. That's a perfect one." I actually have always loved Clive Owen. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he's one of those guys. He's very selective about the movies he picks, um, and I like him in almost everything he does, as long as it's kind of a genre that I dig. Um, I kind of like the fact that he's sort of a uh, trashy, um, homeless version of J James Bond in this movie. <laughs> and I old. always wanted him to be James Bond. And he, I, he's way too – I feel like he's probably too old for that part now. But this is about as close as you can get to, like, dope-ass action movie Clive Owen as James Bond. And I could not wait to tackle this one. So I was so glad that you selected it, man. Yeah, I'd never seen it, like I said, and I was looking for an excuse to buy it. It was relatively affordable on Amazon anyway. <laughs> nice. And I was like, it was like $5.99 to buy. And I'm glad I bought it instead of rented it because I actually had to watch it twice because I won't, I won't spoil anything about the movie, but it is just off the rails. And oh, there's yeah. a lot to take in from the yeah. time it starts, literally the first scene, to the last scene. And if you watch it once, your head's spinning and you need to even watch it again and it's just it's a lot to deal with yeah it's like a movie of bits like like every scene feels like a new level that now clive owen needs to battle on right and throughout those levels there's a lot of hidden little jokes and quick little things that happen mm -hmm. both verbally and non-verbally that if you're not paying attention you will just miss uh amidst the chaos of what's going on in the scene and so we might miss some stuff Oh, but sure we are will. definitely going to try to uh, tackle what we can and get some of those one-liners in and all that good stuff. I I really um, 
one of the reasons I really like this movie is the fact that, um, you know, I don't want to give away, but obviously I, I did have a good time with this movie. So I do suggest if y'all have not seen this movie, check it out before hearing us talk about it, because I'd hate to spoil anything on on this film um, if you have not seen it. And also, we're not going to do do it justice. Like, it's one of those you need to see this yeah. shit to believe it because yes. just saying it is just not the same. Yeah, it's I have like a feeling a it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out sounding like we're making this shit up. Yeah, yeah. It's like your weird friend that just always sort of over-embellishes on a story. Exactly. If anything, I think we're going to under-embellish. I think when we explain it, people will be like, it can't be that mm -hmm. ridiculous. And they're going to watch it and go, holy shit, it's even more ridiculous. It's... Yeah, it's everything you've ever loved about action movies, especially like 80s action movies. Those action movies where you just know the writers were just doing rails of coke, just rails <laughs> of coke on women. And were riding like crazy at three in the morning while just kind of scratching their nose and, you know, rubbing their eyes and all paranoid. And they come up with some crazy story. That's what this movie is, except now in great old 2007. I think I was in the middle of college. I actually missed this movie in the theater. I wish I could have seen it, but I was in college and I was poor as hell. And so there's no way I was going to check it out. But I remember always keeping it in my mind, like I need to check out that movie. I know it's going to be fun. And then like maybe four years later, I finally got to check it out. And I've seen it new, you know, numerous times since then. I had a really good time with it. Um, and it is – I'll give it this. For being 2007, it's kind of – you don't feel like it's overly 2007. No. You're like, you know, it's not over. It, it kind of still holds up, I think. Yeah, I think the thing is about it, again, we, we can dig into the movie a little deeper here in a bit, but I don't think there's anything that dates the movie. If you think about it, the scenes are very, there's not anything that feels like it's even, it could have been written in the 80s. It could have been written in the 2020s. There's nothing that really makes this movie seem dated. Yeah. And That's true. So yeah, I think that you're right in that it's, it's surprisingly, surprisingly holds up. It really does. I I also like the soundtrack as we'll get into uh, as we go uh, we start to prepare mm -hmm. to break this baby down. Is very good. Um, it harkens back to a lot of yes. '80s music, which makes it timeless because it's a bunch of tracks that would work in this kind of situation. And also, uh, their only the only tinge of t 2007 that you get is it kind of reminds me of Blade. You remember the first Blade movie where you have that techno song in the club before the mm. blood starts coming down? Yeah. There's some of that. There's some of that going yeah. on. <laughs> some of that I, I guess early musically, it, I guess musically, that would be the only thing that I guess could date this movie. But the good news is, like you said, the soundtrack is so solid. Yeah. Oh, it's and it apparently it was released on CD and digitally. So I'm hoping. Uh, you know, I don't buy CDs anymore. I actually do like to buy old media. I do. I do like collecting cassettes for some reason. It's just something I I did a couple times. And I was like, I'm gonna keep doing this. I bought a really good cassette deck. I got like a, I got a Kenwood amplifier connected to a, a Yamaha cassette deck, and it just sounds absolutely sweet. Connected to J, JBL speakers from 1993. <laughs> oh Tower man! Yeah, let me guess. You've probably got a couple of really big subwoofers in your trunk, and you go driving around the neighborhood <laughs> with your cassette blaring. 
No, I don't do that just because I always felt like um, I have a good stereo system in my car, but it's definitely not too. I always, I guess, growing up uh, in the inner city, I don't want to bring attention to my ride. You know what ah, I mean? To it. me, that's always the problem with subwoofers. It's everyone knows, oh, that guy's got at least five to six hundred bucks of stuff in that. Let's go ahead and break it. <laughs> I think that was the thing is my friends, we didn't really have a lot of money. I actually didn't even have really subwoofer or anything in my car. I just used whatever the fuck the car came with. But yeah. my buddy, he always had the subwoofer, but he built the cabinet himself or whatever. And oh, it was just, yeah. it sounded like trash though. I don't know where he got the speakers. A lot of shaking crackling. sounds. Yeah, but they made a lot of noise, which oh, I guess yeah. was what mattered. Yeah, if you put enough power, if you get a decent amp, you can just blow away the city. You can like drive down a street and all the car alarms go off. It's, <laughs> it was a common occurrence back in the 90s and early 2000s. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this movie has a bumping soundtrack. Um, I don't know if you're ready, but I am ready to break this baby down. Oh, definitely. Let's do it. All right. Let's do this. This is called The Movie Breakdown. Shoot him up, British guy, mustachioed guy, Italian lady, little baby. Movie breakdown. All right, so uh, this movie wastes no damn time. We open up with Clive Owen. There's not even like, you know how a lot of times there's like two minutes of opening credits and shit like right. that, right? Nah, not this movie. We open up. We I think we get like the main um, whoever distributed the film, and then we get a image of Clive Owen. He's eating a, a raw carrot, which will be a common mm -hmm. occurrence at a bus bench in the middle of the night, randomly. Uh, we don't know where the fuck we're at. The movie doesn't bother with that. Who cares? You know, this could be anywhere. This is obviously like in the old industrial part of a of an inner city or something. It's really raw looking, really rough. And, a, and moments later, a, mo a pregnant lady just starts walking like a zombie-like because she's yeah. in the she's pregnant. She's holding her stomach and she's walking, trying to get away from somebody. And uh, we see a dude crash his car. Uh, right? Is a guy? <laughs> yeah. well, he you says do. something like, "You're dead, bitch." <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. He crashes his car. My favorite part of there's so much to unpack about even this intro scene. Because you said moments later, like they don't even give you moments. It literally is, he's seconds. just sitting there. And then, yeah, seconds later, this this pregnant lady just holding her stomach waddles by. Guy crashes car. The best part is when he's getting out of the car and like all the trash spills yeah. onto the street. That's one of my favorite parts because I knew I was going to fall in love with this movie then. I was like, I love that. Yeah, this guy's definitely, and, and that's what I really like about the the director what he did a decent job and and that it's kind of magical by the way how good this movie turned out because the director is the same guy that made double dragon the film oh is it he does not have the greatest track record i looked at some of the other films he's done he hasn't done a lot since this one but i think what makes this movie uh really really fantastic and i'll dig up the name uh a little bit later but the the man who did the um i guess he did the cinematography stuff of the movie and he's done like i think he may have done crouching tiger hidden dragon and a couple of other really awesome kung fu movies and yeah. so you see that um and that's this movie is not about so much about script writing it's about action it's about visuals and how you capture those visuals and that's why this movie is 
to me a really good time uh so yeah so uh it was kind of amazing uh that just the way it kicked off just yeah. boom like the the guy walks by clive owen you automatically hate him because he comes out of his car all that trash comes out he walks in front of clive owen he says what the fuck are you looking at so that's strike one right. uh he sees the dude the the girl walks into like a warehouse we're going to be in a lot of warehouses y'all they're cheap to they're cheap to lease out for movies so uh, we're going to be in a lot of warehouse and factory type settings in this movie. Um, the girl walks into one. You see the this guy that said he was going to kill her. He brings out this giant hand cannon. And he looks at Clive like, do something, bitch. He, he, he loads it up and walks into the warehouse. And I think that was strike two. And guess what? With Clive Owen's character, we're going to we're going to realize it's not really a strike three rule for him. It's strike one or strike two. And so sometimes like, you don't even have to get up to the plate. Yeah, yeah. If he just if you just happen to be doing something that he's just not a fan of, right. he's gonna let you know. So he uh, he gets up. He goes, "Oh shit! I guess I got to do something I, about this." Yeah. He says, "Fucking hell!" <laughs> and then he proceeds to get up, angry like some young kid at Kroger went up to some old guy that refused to wear the mask, and he's yes. like, "Sir, you have to wear that." And he's like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, it's kind of like when you realize this guy has definite, you don't know anything about him, but you just know right away this guy has seen violence. Like he has done, mm -hmm. he's been around it, he's been engulfed in it. Because, yeah, it's like it's like when you drop something, like say you drop the remote and you're like, oh, shit. That is his reaction to having to get into a very violent situation. So just before the dude is about, so he goes into the warehouse, he sees the pregnant woman. The pregnant woman tries to grab a gun from her purse. She misses, unfortunately, because she does the famous thing that we just saw in our last movie we covered called Silent Rage. Don't close your eyes when you shoot. It's just a bad idea. She misses him. She runs out of bullets. He says um, something about, I guess I'm going to be taking care of this abortion or something like that. I'm going to give you the C-section or something. Yeah, though. something like that. He's about to shoot her. Clive stops him. He has a carrot. Yeah. And he shoves it in the guy's mouth because the guy's like, what the f I'm Boom, carried in his mouth. Then you see Clive back his hand behind himself and just like push forward. And that carrot just shoots right through the back of this dude's skull. Yeah. It is the first death by carrot yeah. ever. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in like of course, history. Of course, as we were saying, there are so many great one-liners in this that are just so stupid. And this is where he says, eat your vegetables. Yes, yes. Eat your vegetables. And uh, next thing you know, Nirvana's breed comes up. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, that awesome. was a, a great use of that song. And um, yeah, there's there's just crazy amounts of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, because this so this is two minutes and about 10 seconds yeah. in, and we have ourselves a firefight, y'all. A yeah. full-blown action scene firefight, because then all of a sudden, you're thinking, oh, okay, there's just this guy and this girl. No, there is like 15 some odd dudes that come out easy and they're, they're basically i think that's what i like about this movie it's very video game oriented where all the bad guys because um in video games they do this because i guess it saves memory where you make all the bad guys kind of be in the same sort of uniform and yeah sort of the same shape so all these guys come out in like black um you know clothes with with the same kind of security you know uh, yeah. bulletproof vests and all that stuff and they come through and yeah, it's time to fight, man. He uh, Clive shoots underneath a. He's ducks for cover because he's way outnumbered. He shoots underneath a car because he notices that the I guess the oil tank or something yes. is right there. He shoots it. He runs toward the car, shoots a bunch of dudes. 
he <laughs> instead of um diving like uh like a, in baseball he dives foot first slides underneath the car the oil lubes him up so he's able to just sort of slide past everybody and just shoot like i don't know six <laughs> guys on the way yeah. it is just absolutely insane he gets up shoots the legs of a table to make it kind of like a ramp he shoots the front legs and it comes down runs up the table he sh he dives in between some windows turns around shoots four more guys it is an absolute insan insanity it's just insanity it's insane um then uh, the damn title screen comes out of nowhere and it says shoot him up <laughs> welcome to the movie bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is uh quite maybe one of the best intros to a movie i've seen in a in a while man like top five for sure yeah it it doesn't it doesn't disappoint one scene or one action is just as ridiculous if not more ridiculous yeah. than the next and you're like, okay, I'm already into this movie. And then they do something else more ridiculous. The one where he, I think it might be an oil container because it was a lot of oil, but he shoots the oil and he slides. It's, I was, he just slid for like, seemed like 20 minutes. I know it wasn't, but it was yes. so hilarious. It's, like, it's a long time. It's more yeah. than, I will say that this movie takes place in a universe of um, part cartoon, part reality. And it knows it too. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It's, it's, and I think that's what I like about it. It kind of, it knows kind of what it's doing and so yeah. you just kind of like hey let's go with the just roll with it you know yeah it's definitely not taking itself seriously anybody <sighs> that thinks this movie is taking itself seriously is is poorly they're just they're just wrong those are definitely the people that probably don't like it the ones that want these perfect um action movies where like oh he should have ran out of bullets there or he should have done that this is not your movie don't watch it Right. But if you just like good old old school action movie, then uh, this is this is your thing. So right away after the after the title card, we're back into the action. We then see Clive trying to help the lady who is now in labor. He starts helping her deliver this baby, which is insane. He makes a comment about how while she's like giving labor, he gets distracted because he sees a bad guy who has a ponytail. And he's like, don't you just fucking hate guys that wear ponytails? It's just so stupid. 40 year old guys. Yeah. yeah, it has no purpose. I don't understand it. So then he shoots the guy in the back of the head, which severs the ponytail and blows that dude's back of his head up. And uh, it's funny because while he's shooting all these other guys coming at you, see they do a slow motion shot of the bullet shells falling on her stomach. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. She actually does deliver the baby, and you got the umbilical cord. And what does he do with that umbilical cord? <laughs> oh yeah, because I guess it makes as much sense as anything in this movie. Because yeah, he just he just shoots the umbilical cord off. It's like, and she goes, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so intense. Yeah. We are then introduced, everyone, to the man of the hour. Mr. Paul Giamatti, who, by the way, at this time in his career, we all kind of know him as playing more crazy people. But before this movie, he was actually known for playing nerdier, quirky guys. Like that was his he was kind of typecast as like quirky intellectual cats. And so he actually took on this part because he was wanting to show, I guess, a little bit more of his range. And he yeah. really shows his range in this movie he wanted to play a tougher guy and he does a great job he wastes no time in being a total prick as he 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 uses a guy who's shot he's not even dead yet for cover but the guy's in just writhing pain 
and he's like, dude, you're messing up my shot. Stop moving. And the guy's like, oh, uh, he just shoots him square in the chest. So he's dead. And he starts shooting at Clive and uh, Clive in the in the new mom. Uh, he lifts her up and he tries to find some cover. The baby's crying, which would and he knows like he needs his baby to be quiet. He's like, this right. baby's hungry. You got to feed her. So he rips her top off like he rips her. Buttons off. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, feed it, this baby. It's. Yeah, I think he said that even before. He's like, um, the kid needs a drink or something. And then he like just rips her shirt open and the kid immediately latches on. But the girl, of course, as any woman would, looks completely accosted when her top was ripped oh, off. She had yeah. no idea what was going on. She was like, holy and, hell, who is this guy? Yeah, well, he's... Uh, <laughs> he, we, we don't, we don't know, know anything about this Nobody guy. Nobody knows yeah. anything. So he does that, um, and it, that helps to get the baby quiet. So then, as um, Giamatti's coming through looking for the for for the mom, Clive's able to sneak up on him and take his gun away from him, and he points it at his face, and he asks him straight up, "Why? Why? What we would all ask, like, why are you trying to kill this mom? We just had this baby. Like, what the hell's going on?" And Giamatti says, um, "I don't know, crazy bad guy stuff." Well, all I know is he does say tit for tat quite a bit which is a yeah. classic bad guy saying yeah i can't remember but he had a little a little poem about yes the the bitches in the feeding or whatever having triplets because yeah you know, that's how it whole no tit for tat because in this little saying it was one of the kids name was tat uh, he said like pat matt and tat or whatever said a lady had triplets pat matt and tat and uh said the bitches in the feeding because they kind of explained it, but there's no tit for tat yeah. what he's saying so yeah it's a and he's stupid. definitely saying like uh, there's also some hidden meaning of meaning of now that you're involved like you're gonna oh, yeah. have to go oh yeah uh yeah. so it, it, it's it's pretty much no turning back at this point but uh he, he's really good right away when he comes through and yeah. so clive tries to shoot him with the gun and it turns out that giamatti's gun has a fingerprint thing that mm -hmm. has to have his finger on it so it wasn't working so he just immediately has to run. He grabs the mom and who's holding the baby. They head up. They head out to some staircase for cover, and unfortunately, the mom got man shot right in the middle of the forehead. She's gone. Yeah. And there's a second where you're, even I would have been thinking this. Like, well, I did my best. Maybe I call it a <laughs> night. Run away and hopefully they don't find me. And he does start going up the stairs to run away, but he looks back at that crying baby, and uh, it, he got him. The, he was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" So he goes back down the stairs, grabs the baby, heads out to the roof of the. Uh, it looks like a uh, some kind of factory building um, that they've that they've been having this firefight in. And he runs up the stairs with the baby. He looks over the edge of the building, and it looks like he's gonna probably have to jump in order to get to the other side, right? And um, that's when we have <laughs> we see Paul Giamatti running up the stairs with his other goons, and he's the the mom whose top is still open. I think he says something like "nice rack" or something. Nice knockers. Nice knockers. What he says. I actually wrote it down because that is the one thing Paul Giamatti does well in this movie, and he's actually does this pretty well historically. Is he plays a pervert, creepy guy as well as anyone? Oh yeah, he oof, he's got the face of just yes. Uh, I no offense to the guy, but he just oh he, he in a lineup it. he just looks guilty. Yeah, 
I mean, you know, give it to Paul. He leans into the look. He yeah. knows exactly what he's playing for, and he leans into it. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's true. He knows what's up, and he uh, Clive does end up getting a fresh gun because he throws his his gun with no ammo at some dude's face. Is able to grab his gun. A uh, new firefight breaks out, and it's really cool because there's this really nice uh, neon sign. Uh, it's a really nice setup because it's the sign says uh, Falk, Truck, and Tool. And while he's shooting at them, he shoots a bunch of the lights out, and then this, the camera purposefully just kind of freeze frames on the shot, and it just says, fuck you. Right. <laughs> and uh, then, and then he utters the uh, classic line of, fuck you, you fucking fucks, is what Clive <laughs> says. And he runs for it, man. He runs for it, and he's able to take a dive through an apartment in that neighboring building. Giamatti is pissed. And it's so funny because he's just sort of, they dog each other. Like, they're just staring at each other. And Giamatti just shoots blindly, like, shoots at one of the lights, and it just says, fuck you, too. <laughs> yeah, this is such a ridiculous movie. But it's <laughs> so perfect. And the thing, too, that we didn't really touch on is just how... Clive Owen's character, we still don't have a name for either of these guys at this point. No. But Clive Owen's character carries this child. He's carrying it almost like a football. Oh, yeah. And then when he dives through the window, of course, he's got his child with him when he dives through a window across into a building that's, you know, several stories high. Uh, but the way he carries his child most of the movie is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's like how you would hold, like, a honey badger, you know, or... A... <laughs> A Wolverine. He's just like, I don't want to keep this thing too close to me. You could tell this guy's, you know, I think it might be a form of, because he probably has held babies. He is an old, you know, yeah. I think in the movie, let's say he's maybe like late 30s or mm -hmm. early 40s. He's probably held babies, but I think it's a matter of, I don't want to get too close to this baby. I'm just trying yeah. to get it from one place, A to B. Just trying to keep yeah. it alive and try some way to get out of this situation. Right. Um, and Giamatti does say, tit for tat, Mr. Hero. <laughs> Tit for tat. Yeah. So now we're with Giamatti, and it's obvious he's the head honcho because at first you're not 100% sure. He's just some guy that walked through, but he is the head honcho. One of the bad dudes is frantically explaining what happened. He's been shot in the leg, and he's trying to explain, like, this goddamn random dude, like, ruined it. We were about to get her, and this dude comes out of nowhere and decides to be a hero, and Giamatti just is super pissed off about the situation. He shoots the guy in the ass, and he lets it to yep. be a reminder. The next time he fails him again, classic head honcho thing to do. Shoot him in the butt, you know? It's not going to kill him. No. Uh, and the guy already had a – I think the thing is the guy already had a had a bullet in his butt, and I think that's what he was bitching uh -huh. about. And then, yeah, because he was like, ah, oh, we'll get that guy next time. And Paul Giovanni wants to remind the guy that he's not the only guy you have to worry about. You have to worry about me, and you piss me off. Yeah. I'm going to be – as bad or worse to deal with, so don't fuck with me. Sometimes you I think that's where he's going with that. Sometimes you got to shoot the other cheek, you know? And, uh, <laughs> shoot the other cheek instead of turn the other yeah, cheek? Yeah, that's shoot great. the other I love cheek. It. And so now I it's the it. morning, and Clive Owen's walking with the baby once again, like he's holding a damn Wolverine. Uh, we get a glimpse of some basic um, kind of secret agent-looking some bitch, and uh, he's scoping out at Clive, and I think Clive knows he's being followed at this point, so he walks quickly into some random building, and he goes into the bathroom, which looks like uh, the dirtiest fucking bathroom I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like some like Candyman bathroom shit going on in here. It is rough. 
uh, he uh, kind of gets in, he kind of ducks and cut, like kind of ducks and he gets on a toilet, right? And I think he uh, drops his his gun and <laughs> he does pits. he he drops his gun in the toilet. Oh, what a shame! Uh, yeah, and he doesn't have much time. He knows this guy's coming for him. He knows that uh, he doesn't know what this guy wants, but he knows he's coming for him. So he immediately takes apart his gun, cleans it out. He's like trying to clean up all the barrel and everything. He takes all the bullets, dries the bullets. He's all blowing and trying to get it dry. Puts it all back together. The guy comes through and he says something like, "I don't want to kill you, you know. Just I just bring me the baby and you'll be good." And the dude comes through, and Clive tries to shoot him, and of course the gun still jams, so he's really screwed. They a big old fight breaks out. The baby's just crying on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that that's the thing that you you didn't point out is just how filthy. You did point out how filthy it was, but when he dropped the gun in the toilet. He places the baby on the ground beside this dirty-ass toilet <laughs> to clean the gun, which he proceeds to clean the gun on the baby, like where you change yeah, baby's baby diapers. changing thing, yes. Why not put the baby there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. He just places it on the floor like, eh, it's not like it's going anywhere. It's all wrapped up. <laughs> and uh, it's a, yeah, so the big old fight breaks out. It's kind of cool because he turns out the lights to give him an advantage since he doesn't have bullets. With You just see his carrot. Uh, stretch out to turn off the lights and you see the lights um you only see what when the secret agent's firing he's able to subdue him by putting uh clive gets his gun and puts it under the heater of the uh well he puts the secret agent's gun under the heater and the secret agent lets go of his gun then he heats up his gun to dry it up and he's able to shoot again and he basically i think he does he knock out the secret agent or something or he just basically points the gun and says don't you move i'm gonna get out of here you didn't want to kill him for no. some reason i guess because he wasn't maybe he could tell he wasn't trying to kill him necessarily i don't know the, yeah he was shooting at him but yeah when you know that's the thing with this movie too is that so many people are bad shooters oh yeah nobody could hit clive owen's character Clive is like a ghost. I, for a second, I was like, maybe he's dead. Like, maybe this is a <laughs> sixth sense situation, and he's like freaking zombie dead person, and, and people are seeing him, but he's not real. But no, he is real. Uh, and that, that fight breaks through. Clive takes uh, public transportation. He sees uh, a mom with her baby, and he sees that she's keeping the baby warm with a little um, beanie. And so Clive uh, improvises, you know, what we would all do. We take our shoe off in the middle of the bus, uh, we remove our stinky old sock, we put it on the baby's head, and then we put, you know, and then we just kind of let our naked, dirty foot just kind of hang out, you know, just dry it off, you know. Just... Well, I'm thinking here, too, is how big do your socks have to be to fit on a baby's head? <laughs> yeah, he seems to be wearing those, um, uh, I don't know if you have any military background. I don't, but I know like no. a lot of people in the military, they, they have these like standard issue, really thick, big socks that go really right. high up. And they're they're pretty, you know, especially if you've been wearing them for a long time, they get pretty expandable. So maybe that, okay. that was maybe what he was using, it. but it is a, a co conveniently pretty big sock. Because I feel like if I try to put my sock on a baby, it would probably start crying because it would be like way too much, too too tight on their right. on their little heads. Um, but yeah, it's really weird scene. It kind of, I guess it's to kind of give you a little feeling of, oh, he's kind of nice. Like he's sort of. He sweet. means well. He means yeah. well. He's just kind of rough and tumble. So now we see Giamatti in his car, and he's with the dead mom and his henchmen. 
uh, we learn here that he's married and not very happily married because he's on the call with her and he's just annoyed as shit. I think he makes a stupid douche joke about like, you know why guns are better than wives? Because you, you can use a silencer on a gun. There's some bullshit like that. <laughs> yes. He gets a video message from his super high-tech 2007 Nokia mobile phone. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's just like those shitty-ass video message. It's like, oh, man, we've come a long way since 2007, bro. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, he gets that message, and it says something like they know where he's located or whatever, so they're going to head over to find Clive. And Clive takes the little boy to a park, and he leaves the mm -hmm. baby on a roundabout. Um, yes. I have not played on many roundabouts. I remember being at a few playgrounds. A lot of those got removed because they're pretty dangerous, I believe. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, you can spin out on a roundabout. If someone else is spinning it that's not trying to be careful, oh, man, you will fly. Um, and so he puts the baby on a roundabout, hoping that someone will find her and take her to somewhere safe. Um, maybe take her to a fire station or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Unfortunately, take her and lay her in, in the floor of another dirty ass bag. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, she's been, I guess, uh, or he's been, it's a boy. Yeah. Right? He, sorry. It is. Yeah, a boy, he's yeah. been in like some pretty shitty places. So, I mean, it's kind of only going literally up from, shitty. Yeah. He's only going up from here. I mean, it's only going to get better. Uh, so he leaves him there. He starts walking away, but unfortunately, Giamatti is in the in the park. He, oh, he's not in the park, but he's on the side of the street in his car. A woman who probably should have given one more try at this line says something like, "Oh, look, a baby." <laughs> she gets shot because uh, Giamatti has a sniper rifle and he's trying to kill this baby from a distance. She's laying, or uh, he's laying on a little roundabout, so it's like a kind of a tough shot, and you got all the little handles and stuff in the roundabouts so it's kind of hard to see so he shoots the lady accidentally that gets clive's attention and uh what what happens in this scene this is kind of a weird cartoon scene yeah this is ridiculous so to save this child <laughs> instead of shooting paul giamatti or shooting at paul giamatti to distract him so you can go run and get the baby he starts shooting i guess they're called the handrails yeah. of the roundabout from a distance to start the roundabout spinning and he gets the thing going pretty fast, all things considered. Yeah. And if I recall, some some way or another, he runs over while the thing's spinning and picks up the baby. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> Howie is such a sharpshooter. We get a little teasers about it, but this dude is like running on foot in a playground and shooting these handles with amazing accuracy. It was just, yeah. I was blown away. He's able to swipe the baby up just before Giamatti's able to get the shot off um, where he mm -hmm. had a really good shot going and he misses. So yeah, man, uh, second stage complete. <laughs> so, so Clive um, heads out, he puts the baby in a paper bag so that way it doesn't look like he's holding a baby. And uh, he goes into, I think this is where he heads into a, what kind of looks a like church. a church. Yeah, it's a church, sure. A, a very sweet non-answers. Um, and he's asked for uh, King, King, uh, Quintano or Quint yeah. Quintano or something like that. Uh, I think it's Quintano, I think. And Quintana. Quintana. Yeah. And the uh, he just sort of works his way in and he goes past the nun. And then that's when we see that the nun has no bottoms. It's just a, a song. Right. So we are in a sex palace here, a little bordello. Uh, very nice. A nice cover-up, you know? Very nice cover-up. And he's walking through. You see all this crazy shit going in each room. It's like a... 
it's like flipping channels and weird sex channels. This is like the craziest shit going on in all these rooms. He finally gets to this one room where we see um, uh, what is her well, the actress's name? Is it Monica Bellucci? Something, Something like right. this. She used to be a model. She's, she's gorgeous. Been one of the most beautiful people in. Yeah, she's one of those one people of those... that people like go to plastic surgery to try to look like, but she was just like that already. Uh, she saved a lot of money in that sense. Um, but yes, gorgeous. And even in this in 2007, she was a little older. She still looks gorgeous. Um, yeah. And she's there, and we see a guy come up from what you know where her boobs are at, and he just has milk dripping down his mouth, and he's dressed as a baby in a diaper so she is uh she's getting that uh now no not to kink shame any of y'all maybe some of y'all like to dress Ooh. up like babies and suckle on some titties i mean that that is your thing whatever makes you happy but um i don't want to see it uh and unfortunately seeing it i was like oh shit i forgot about this part <laughs> it was it was a first time viewer as a first time viewer it was interesting we'll see i know i keep forgetting I like you're experiencing it. all this for the first time so that's got to be uh you must have been just what 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 <laughs> like you couldn't even recover from the last thing you saw that was crazy because then some yeah. other crazy shit went off popped yeah. off you know so i feel you yeah there. my bingo card was full Oof, quick on this one so fast uh the the guy runs away in the diaper he he talk he starts talking to her and he tells her Hey, I need you to take care of this baby for a little bit. You know, it's it's in danger. Just just kind of, if you could just do something for it. You know, maybe give her some food. He knows she's lactating and all that. Uh, so yeah, he asks her for help, but she doesn't. Yeah. You know, she's. I think she actually refuses at first. Um, yeah, she he she offered he offers her five thousand yeah. dollars. And then she's still not into it, and then finally, also this. It was either the scene at the very, when he came into the church or in this room where we learned that his name, at least he's referred to in the rest of the movie as Mr. Smith. Yes, Smith. Um, so yes, I'll we, probably call him Clive or Smith, so just know I'm talking about the same guy. Because uh, in some of my notes, I just keep calling him Clive. In fact, uh, for this podcast, I don't know if you see there in, in our video chat here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clive Bonin. <laughs> that would be my porno name if I... If I uh, I was 12 inches cold anyway so uh we're back <laughs> we're back at we're back with... i'll take 12 inches warm i don't <laughs> care don't gotta be cold so we're back with giovanni and the guys and they're digging the grave for the for the mom unfortunately he's with her in the car and he sees that her boob is yeah. still out yeah ah, this is when we get that sweaty just pasty giovanni face he's like oh, oh yeah i'm gonna grab her boob <laughs> so he gropes her uh just disgusting then he smells his hand which who does that <laughs> after grabbing a boob yeah, he, he smells it and he's like breast milk i have no idea what that smells like um have don't have kids like i said uh and even if i i think now if i do end up having kids i gotta smell that breast milk i need to see if it has a certain <laughs> scent to it compared to regular milk or cow yeah. milk really technically breast milk should be regular milk and that's true you know what i mean it's from us you know um but yeah uh, cow milk I, I guess it has a, it does kind of have a scent but whatever he's able to deduce from this scent of breast milk that we need to look for women that are lactating this baby's got to eat yeah it's actually good logic there's a lot of later on in the movie we'll point out a lot of logic 
I won't say holes, but a lot of leaps of faith. Yes, reaches. That are made. A lot of reaches, yeah. Right, but at least in this one, Paul Giamatti at least comes, he stumbles up on something. Now, admittedly, Clive Owen yeah. could have turned the baby in somewhere, or he could have gotten formula. So there are other alternatives, but at least this conclusion makes a modicum of but sense. But where it feels like a stretch is we waste no time. <laughs> he just remembers Kitano, who is this very famous lactating hooker, I guess. And we're with her. Um, we are with her, and he is there questioning her. And I guess she's just really known. He asked if a man with a baby came around. She said that the man's name is Mr. Smith and that he wanted, it to, uh, wanted her to take care of the baby, but she refused. He has the feeling that she's lying because he does. Uh, we do learn a little bit more about Giamatti, but he does have that sort of sense of people, you know, wh whether they're lying or what they're thinking and shit like that. So he shoots a can. He she has a bunch of baby bottles uh, in a room. It's just so gross. And he shoots one, and he burns her leg with the hot tip of the barrel. And he's like, "You're lying to me. You know, tell me the truth. What's going on here? Where is he? Where, where did he say he was going?" She's not really answering. So he shoots a couple more, burns her again. Then he shoots like four or five bullets. And so that bitch is hot as hell, and he decides. He's really going to burn her where it counts. So he starts bringing that gun to the fun zone. And just in time, Clive Owen comes out of nowhere. And and I think, he, I forget, what, if, I don't know if he tells him something clever or not, but he just basically is able to catch his attention before he's about to burn her cooch. <laughs> you know? yeah. That would have been bad. That would have hurt like a mofo, man. Oh, God. Yeah, and, uh, and so, yeah, so then they, I think this is when, Clive tells him something like, you're out of bullets. Like, you shot mm -hmm. all your bullets uh, getting a barrel hunt, so you can't do shit about it. He drags Giamatti into the hallway, and all of his guys that he brought with him are dead in the hallway. But then Giamatti concludes, well, you must be out of bullets, too. You shot all these dudes. So then that means you had to take one of my guy's guns, and they have the fingerprint thing like I did. But before he can finish, <laughs> Clive brings up a severed hand of one of the dudes. Yeah. Of course he does. And he uses it to shoot Giamatti in the chest. Maybe should have done a couple, shot a couple of more at him, but he shoots him one in the chest. Giamatti goes down like a just, you know, just pancake splats to the ground. Like the fat doughy slug. Yeah. Does. And Clive Owen takes off with Bellucci and they, they head out to uh, to get to the streets to find some safety. So, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fun little scene. I actually really liked it. Yeah, yeah. we also learned in that scene that I think the $5,000 that Clive slash Smith had offered her was actually full of paper, and it really wasn't money at all. Because I think initially, and this is going to play into the scene at the pawn shop particularly, right. initially we believed that, hey, maybe this guy is has endless wealth or maybe, but no, he's just some poor slug. Yeah, he's basically kind of a homeless squatter guy. Because, I yeah. mean, I don't think he pays rent, so he's no. staying somewhere. And uh, at first I thought, oh, he must be an assassin who just uses this, like, hobo look to – it makes you feel like, oh, this guy's nothing. Like, he doesn't – he's not trained or nothing. You know, you just take right. advantage. Um, but, no, we learn a little bit that this guy's just kind of um, – oof, just doesn't give a shit. You know, he's, he's yeah. at the end of his rope. So Clive and, and Kitano are heading out, and she's shouting at him because he – took so damn long to get her 
uh, he says, well, you sort of deserved a little bit of punishment there. So he let her get burned a couple times. I was like, dude, you're such a dick, bro. Um, <laughs> so they head out and they see this guy come out of this really nice luxury. I think it was a BMW. And yeah. he's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Let's go and steal his car. So he breaks the window. They jump into the car. They head out to the road. With the joke, of course, the difference between expensive cars and porcupines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so good. We have porcupines of friction on the outside. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, he steals that bitch, and then Clive starts explaining to her what happened, and she says that um, he should probably take to the babies to the cops, which is the same thing I was thinking. I remember when the first time I saw this, I'm like, bro, just take it to the cops. But uh, Clive makes this cartoon excuse that he's the Unabomber, so he doesn't want to talk to the cops, <laughs> and she's like, they caught the Unabomber. He's like, that's what they think. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> So throughout all this, um, some rich white guy in a, in a Mercedes or something is, like, cutting off guys. Um, I don't know if you know about my show. We always have a, a solid rich white. We finally have a few. We have Giamatti, who's definitely a rich white. And we're going to meet some other very yeah. awesome rich whites that are coming up pretty soon. Very rich and very white people. <laughs> people. So, so one of the bits the ongoing bits with clive owen's character mr smith is he's like you know what i hate it's like you know what grinds my gears <laughs> and he hates people that just drive reckless that are cutting people off they don't use their blinker he's like it's yeah. one inch from my hand i i can from my finger i can just hit my blinker no problem not a big deal i don't know why it's so fucking hard to use your blinker and he does something that I'm sure even yourself, Mike, have wanted to do on the road if you could. Mm -hmm. He just speeds up and rams the shit out of this dude's car, and it forces him to fall toward the side of the road and just hit the shit out of a parked car. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, that just seems so satisfying. My God. If I was just reckless abandonment, that would be that would be awesome. But uh, I don't want to mess up my car in the process. You have to just not give a shit about your own car. Yeah, but this isn't his car, yeah, he, so he of course doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. But I love. If, if he were driving his own uh, Pontiac Le Mans, <laughs> then he's he's gonna take care of it. Yeah, yeah. If he had his own Subaru Impreza, yeah, uh, he would yeah. he would definitely have watched out for that car. So we're now we now see Giamatti trying to find more men because he's realizing he's uh, going to be needing a lot more. I, this one guy is like probably killed like almost 45 of his guys or something like yeah. that. Um, and this is where we kind of get a little Giamatti. All of a sudden he sees broken glass on the road <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that must have been Clive busting through a car. Like he's just um, automatically collecting, uh, connecting dots and shit. This guy's amazing. Um, and then we yeah, have, he's got a beautiful mind and yeah, shit. that's yeah, he has a beautiful mind. And uh, d tell us a little bit about this punch up scene. We're at the punch up now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he has to, of course, get weapons and get ammunition because he realized that at this point that because he has refused to give the baby away for yeah. some still unknown reason, he's realized that he's going to have to arm up. So he goes to the pawn shop. And you're thinking, okay, well, this guy earlier looked like he had $5,000. We realize it wasn't. And he's trying to pay, and literally he doesn't have enough money to buy bullets or anything. And he's like, will you take food stamps, I think it yes, was? Yes, yes. And then she said, 
I'll take your the money you earned from donating sperm. And he was like, I don't get that until next week. <laughs> and he's like, I'll bring it back. So she ends up giving him like half the bullets or something, and that's good. But during this time, he's looking around because he told uh, Quintana to wait outside with the baby, and he notices that she's she's missing. Yep. So, of course, he runs outside to look for her, and he runs to the side of the alley, and he sees what looks to be maybe a man assaulting her or something. It's hard to tell from the angle. Yeah. But as he gets closer, he realizes that's not the case at all. Quintana has decided to take it upon herself to earn some money the old-fashioned way. So <laughs> she proceeds to give this guy a blowy for a few nickels, <laughs> and... I don't think Clive Owens was very happy with that because he takes the top lid of the dumpster and crushes it on the guy's hands. Oh, yes. It's so good. And, and what are you doing, he's asking, of course, Quintana. And she says, well, I need to buy something for the baby. And then they go back in and actually makes a lot of sense, I suppose, is they bought the baby a bulletproof vest. Yeah, I love that. She's like, um, she says something. I, I think you're thinking Quintana because of Mortal Kombat. It's Quintana. Is that what it is? Quintana. So I'm gonna go with Quintana. That's it's Quintana for the rest of this episode. I just I just know the nerds that <laughs> nerds that maybe like, dude, that's Mortal Kombat, bro. Yeah, so, yeah. So, send me your hate mail. I'm fine with it. I'm Quintana's a better name. Oh, yeah, I like it better. It's more feminine. Yeah, uh, and her actual name Belucci's. That's a nice like Italian. That's a pretty name. badass I name. I do dig it. But yeah, that part it, cracks me up when he just slams the top of that dumpster on that dude's hands, and he just like the guy doesn't even put up. I mean, you literally are. Imagine how vulnerable you are when you're getting a blowy. Your pants are down. He, I yeah. kind of seemed like he was about climaxing, so he was like, oh shit! <laughs> he just kind of runs away. It's so good. Um, but yeah, she gets in that bulletproof vest and she says that a bulletproof vest is a better investment than a baby crib or something like that, which is kind yeah. of funny. Um, yeah. Love that scene. Uh, we arrive at Clive's decrepit, terrifying looking fucking apartment building or whatever the hell this shithole is. And we meet his pet rat, Mikey, uh, which of course, or Mickey. Mickey. I think it's Mickey. I think that's right. And uh, of course it's a rat, by the way. We have a lot of cartoon references because this has a very Bugs Bunny. Um, he's like Bugs Bunny. Like he's unstoppable. Yeah. Bugs Bunny, if you look back, he's kind of just a dickhead who's unstoppable. Like nobody can mm -hmm. fuck with him. Uh, and he's always eating carrots, Clive Owen's character, mm -hmm. Mr. Smith. And and then if you look at um, if you look at uh, Giamatti's character, he's very Mr. Uh, not Mr. Um, Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd. Yeah, he's very Elmer, Elmer Fudd. Always one step behind, always uh, losing him. So, yeah. And so now we have a little Mickey Mouse, a uh, little, <laughs> little something, something. So he brings out this rat. He's like, meet, <laughs> meet Mickey. And uh, Bellucci's like, oh, what the fuck? And so he, he puts, he pulls a brick out to get Mickey. Then he pulls, he pulls another brick out puts mickey in there and it's like a little built uh, well, i guess like a little corridor for the rat to kind of yeah. go through he drops into a bucket and the weight of the rat then opens the the lock to the door so this right. might be the greatest engineered homeless guy security door i've ever seen in my life like holy yeah. shit 
This is very much a mouse trap. The game situation. Yes, yeah, the game where you never actually played it, but you just set up the traps. And oh yeah, just to see them go off because it was fun. Rube Goldberg would have been pleased with oh, this. Oh, totally, solution. it's gorgeous. So we're back with Giamatti and his crew, and it looks like that uh, they were able to get fifty more men uh, to kill this one guy. It's been a very expensive <laughs> endeavor. Endeavor, by the way. Um, but he's in. We'll real. We'll see you later that he is in ties with the right guys for this kind of job. He also mm-hmm. sees a car now with its window busted because it made him think about when he saw that earlier when he just saw the glass on the on the road. So it's parked in front of a pawn shop that sells ammo, and he tells him immediately, pull over the car, pull over the car. And uh, this is also when he starts explaining. He's like, I have this quote-unquote gift for knowing what people are thinking. So I guess this is why he just happens to have this amazing way of deducing things and looking at small details and knowing uh, where this guy might be hiding. So he's like a pretty perfect, you know, crime boss, you know, especially assassin type guy, like Manhunter kind of person. So uh, we're in Clive's weird hydroponics apartment. Like, (laughs) what the fuck is going on? He turns on all the lights and he's got all these plants. So he's a very organic guy. we never do see him eat meat. He could be a vegetarian for all, you know, he could be a vegan. Who knows? He might could be. be the first could vegan be. action hero. <laughs> right? It's really Peter would be pleased. Yeah, Peter would be pleased. Uh, they're saving babies, saving dogs. They got little rat friends. This is a pretty pet-friendly uh, pet friendly movie. We'll get to the dog, though, in a little bit. But, uh, by the way, let me just say, before we even get to it, um... Uh, John Wick, you hack. <laughs> because, because we will get to it later, but John Wick, you hack. So anyway, we're in his apartment. He mentions how he um, how he prefers the, his privacy. And then he turns on the lights, and you see he has a neon sign in his apartment, right, that says solo. <laughs> There's a lot of on-the-nose jokes uh, yeah. in this movie. It's hilarious. Yeah. You'll miss them if you're not paying attention. Oh, yeah. A lot of times it's in the background or something. And so, yeah, you will miss them. And uh, he turns on that light. He also offers uh, Quintana a carrot or Quintana a carrot, of course, uh, because it's good for your eyesight, he says, which we will see later in the movie. Uh, One of Giamatti's henchmen mentions that um, because we see Giamatti, he's like kind of breaking into a door. And one of the henchmen is like, are you sure he's right about this? And the other guy says, yeah, he was an FBI profiler back in the day. Um, and uh, Giamatti turns around. He's like, I was a forensic behavior cons- behavioral consultant. Like, how many times do I need to tell you? <laughs> it's so good, man. He's like a thousand times smarter than everybody. Like, all these guys right. just look like complete idiots, man. But he can't shoot worth a shit. No, that's unfortunate. Yeah, you can tell he um, got into guns later in life, and it started. And the, I think he shoots outside his range. Like this guy needs to be using lighter guns. This guy's using hand cannon guns that would be like shooting. It's very difficult to be accurate if you're not someone that's been using these type of, uh, of guns for that long. So, yeah, he might. It might be a selection issue for him. He needs to use one of those little ones that they used to put like in the, the the the. the like the ladies' purses. Yeah, the, the hookers back in the in the Wild West used to put them in their like, <laughs> in their I don't know what they call them, 
But yeah, so they're bustles. Bustier. Yeah. Uh, the little one shooters. But yeah, oh, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, we 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 does mention like so we do find out there's a reason why he's really good. He was also uh, I guess he worked for like a special agency or some shit. So uh, then we see that he is. We learn f throughout this whole movie. We learn Giamatti's trying to be a father and a, a husband this whole time too. He uh, brings out a couple of cards because it's his son's birthday coming up. And he tells one of the henchmen while they're waiting in that weird apartment complex. He's like, which card should I get? Should I get the warm and fuzzy one or you're becoming a man one? I think the warm and fuzzy is like whatever Hallmark bullshit. And yeah. the becoming your man is like a chick like in a bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. And before the henchman can even answer, he's just like, ah, I'm going to go with becoming a man. And the henchman goes, oh, how old's your son? Eight. <laughs> like holy shit <laughs> kind of crazy yeah, man like this guy is like an insane person yeah he's he's beautifully insane though he really i can say at this point in the movie i wasn't sure how paul giamatti was going to come off as a main villain in a movie especially for a very athletic kind of opponent yes He's surprisingly good, and I actually, I don't know if you've seen the TV show Billions. A lot of his mannerisms seem very Billions-esque. Oh, I have not seen it. In fact, when you mentioned it when we were talking about this movie before, I was like, I need to watch that. You know, I, I need to check it out because I'm sure he is unbearable sometimes. Oh, God, he's so unbearable in that show sometimes. He's, But he's also very much one of the smartest people, usually the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Um, and it's just his mannerisms are very similar. He's better he's cleaner shaven but he's also a sexual deviant in billions oh, as well he so is. a bit of one so deviant's the wrong word he's just into sex shops and shit okay yeah he's just very like, um exploratory and sexual yeah, he's nature. very much into s and m okay he likes he likes to be the one being uh you know i guess he is this the masochist oh, okay yeah yeah a little couple a little slaps here a little whips there yeah, yeah. whips and chains baby yes yeah, slap him around the ass a little bit with oh the yeah he gets a little hey, excited. whatever gets you whatever gets you going you know hey hey uh, we, i always say you know let your freak flag fly man i got if it don't bother me and don't bother nobody else more power <laughs> to you if you want to put a double a battery up your pee hole you do that i wouldn't advise it <laughs> but but go ahead. I mean, if that's if that's what you want to do. <laughs> so uh, a dude runs into the apartment where Clive Owen and, and uh, uh, Quintana's hanging out with the baby. Why they would come in one by one at first, I don't know. But uh, he comes in and uh, Motorhead's the ace of spades comes through. <laughs> and uh, you know it's time to fucking rock and roll. It's It's been a little second since an action scene. So we know it was, it was yeah. up. And so Clive throws uh, Quintana down some sort of, what, dumbwaiter or elevator thing? Yeah. She heads all mm -hmm. the way down to the first floor. And it's funny because then Clive has a dang, um, for no reason at all. We I don't know if this was a factory room. I don't know what the fuck. He has a goddamn conveyor slide table thing that you would see, like, in a factory making, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's this old school industrial conveyor slide. He goes down it. He heads run. He runs towards it. He shoots some dudes. He grabs a fresh gun. And then uh, it's like he's on a damn slip and slide. I almost want to see that scene, but with that, can't. Um, I forget the slip and slide song. <laughs> I was about to sing it, and I realized I don't know it. But, um, but yeah, they need to do something like that. You can add it post, Dad. Yeah, I'll add it in post. 
And so he heads down. He jumps off of that, kills more guys, gets a fresh gun that lands on that belt. And then he shoots uh, – what does he do? I, oh, he just shoots a bunch of dudes that pile up kind of like a little ramp. Oh, yeah. Jumps off of them, jumps over some cabinets, kills some guys on the other side of the filing cabinets. Then a guy's coming up toward him on the other side of the filing cabinets. He shoots the back of the cabinet, which hits the guy in the head, knocks him out. How we knew that guy was there, I don't know. He's just really good ears, I guess. But Don't question the methodology, oh, man. He knows what he's God, doing. My God, it's amazing. Then uh, – Clive then uh, slides under a metal table, lifts it up as a shield. He um, mm -hmm. uses that to protect himself, shoots more guys. He then uh, has an Uzi now, so he's really throwing down. Wastes a bunch of dudes. I love the Uzi scenes. It's just like, da -da 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 -da. it's just so fast and crazy. But the, they run out of bullets really fast. So runs out of bullets, grabs a shotgun. This guy is coming up from the staircase because the staircase, it looks like he's on the very top floor. Like it looks like 15, 20 floors or something. And mm -hmm. this guy's coming up on a line up the staircase, but he shoots him with a shotgun, which obviously makes him jump out, like go off his feet, go all the way back down the the, the staircase, like or the opening of the staircase all the way down. Then Clive grabs another Uzi, gets on that same rope, coming down the stairs while everyone going up the staircase, he's coming straight down the middle. So he's just like da -da 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 -da, just fucking killing dudes left and right. And you get that perfect scene where he catches Giamatti's eyes. And they just kind of look at each other like, yeah, I see you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he tries to get Giamatti, but he's not able to get him. Uh, and Giamatti's like, well, the least I can do is try to kill this asshole. So he shoots the line, the rope, and he heads down. He has the baby this whole time, by the way. Oh, no, no. He doesn't have the baby. She has the baby. She's down in the yeah, first floor. Yeah, she has the baby at this point. Yeah, and they do cut to her, and she's kind of just hiding. They don't even know she's there in the first floor. So really, he's just trying to get back down to her. He lands on the guy that he shot earlier with that shotgun, and all this blood just splurts out of his mouth because he uses him as basically cushion to break his fall. It's so good. Mm -hmm. It's like a cartoon, yeah. man. Yeah, that's, that whole scene with him going up and you know using the guy to like elevate himself by it was just crazy and i don't know who thought of it i found that scene to be one of the most one of the better ones in the movie well you know just exciting and funny i read when they pitched this movie they actually um when they pitched it they actually created an animated version of one of these scenes i wouldn't be surprised if it was something like one of these like this scene specifically yeah. to kind of show this is what we're aiming for you know, this is what we're looking yeah. for. And so when the guys saw it, they're like, holy shit, yeah, do this. Like, let's see if we can pull this off. <laughs> and it's really funny because then we get back to Giamatti and the guys on the stairs. And he says, I'm, this might not be perfect, but he's something like, right. well, do we suck? Or is this yeah. guy really that good? <laughs> Come on, yeah, boys. Something to that effect. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, Giamatti's great in this movie. He really like, you is. can tell he's having a fucking really good time. Like, they oh, just yeah. let him do whatever he wanted um and it works perfectly man i would have loved giamatti as um two-face instead of tommy lee jones uh, oh, yeah. in that batman forever and batman forever is a super if y'all um if you're a 90s kid and you went back and, and you and you're t saying right now oh i love that movie watch that now uh it doesn't quite hold up as well uh not even close really but i feel like paul yeah. giamatti instead because tommy lee jones is just it's like he was trying a, to be Paul Giamatti. 
Yeah, I think that's the problem with some of these high-dollar, high-budget movies is sometimes they have the budget, and, of course, the big actors want to be in it. And it's hard to say. It's it's one of those decisions, I think, that a casting director makes where he goes, look, we can't go wrong with Tommy Lee Jones. If we cast a guy like Paul Giamatti, that's a reach. If the movie bombs, always yeah. you know, this is going to be the decision that the I'm not going to get another job in Hollywood. So they always have to play it safe yeah. instead of sometimes finding the right actor. Sometimes they want... They just want to find the most expensive actor or the most famous actor that will take yeah, the Yeah, just trying to sell tickets and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a shame. But I think Paul Giamatti missed out on some pretty good roles just because he wasn't as known or wasn't as much of a mm-hmm. ticket seller. But, yes, he's right. so good. Um, and then Clive meets up with Quintana, who's on the first mm-hmm. floor hiding. They're they're now in the alleyway, and some of the henchmen are mm-hmm. heading over to get them with uh, – they got a German Shepherd in hand, which, by the way, is a dope-ass mm-hmm. dog. I've always wanted a German <laughs> Shepherd. But they kind of look like they shed a lot, um, but they're just dope dogs. And uh, they're heading, and she's like, "Shoot the dog! Like the dog's gonna find us." And he's like, "No, I don't. I don't want to shoot the dog. I, I quite yeah. like dogs." <laughs> so he doesn't shoot the dog. But right. it turns out what he does is he he if uh, I think we didn't mention it, but he had put Mickey right. in his pocket, so he had the rat in his pocket. I guess this whole damn time, which is insane. How did he not squash the shit out of that rat? But he puts the baby's diaper on on little Mickey, and Mickey goes under a car, and so that's what the dog chases. And Giamatti's like, they're all pointing their guns, getting ready to shoot, and they're like, oh, wait. And so they grab the rat, or Giamatti does, pulls the diaper off. He's like, yeah, I put his diaper on this rat, and he just pushes the diaper on yeah. the, one of the henchmen, like, oh, God. Yeah, I think they even ask, and I could be wrong here, but I think, like, the henchman asked him, what is it, boss? And he just says, shit. Yeah. And then he just puts it in his face. <laughs> what a dickhead, dude. Yeah. Oh, to be the boss. So then uh, Clive remembers encountering the baby's mother. He's like, the one time I did see this woman was at a rock club. And he said, I, th- I think I could be wrong no, here. I, wrong? I think, here's what I think happened, and I could be wrong. I think in the scene when he was upstairs, actually, and this was before the guys came in, he was playing with the TV, I'm pretty sure, and like there was metal music or something yes, on, yes. and the baby was quiet. And they turn the metal music off, and the baby's loud. Yeah. The baby cries. And he deduces somehow, and this is one of those crazy well, leaps yeah. of faith. He's like... I think that's how he yeah. deduced it was that's, that scene yeah. happened, and he's like, and I could have sworn right. to seen her mom at a at gotcha. his mom at a rock shop, and that explains why... Or a rock club, and that yeah. explains why when he hears metal, it calms him down. Yeah. So it's like be. those yeah. two so, things that he yeah. deduced and how he I, I guess he somehow remembered what rock club that he was at maybe it's not one of those cities that have like a whole shitload of them so they go to this yeah. heavy metal uh, uh, <laughs> club and there's like yeah. there's some band playing he's just like generic godsmack or some shit I don't know what the <laughs> fuck this is it's not good um, no. and this guy comes up to them who kind of looks like maybe Twiggy or someone from Marilyn Manson yeah. he looks really yeah, I recognize him, but I'm he, not sure. Yeah, he, he he's he's like makes Marilyn Manson looks like he's he's well tanned. Oh, yeah. This guy is just pasty white. Yeah, he's got that whole industrial metal guy, goth guy. Yeah, and yeah, very much what you would expect from someone in that kind of scene. They again, this is one where you've played in metal club, and I've been around metal clubs, and sometimes sometimes the metal guys are exactly what you expect, but oftentimes they're just 
normal dude. It's like, I just love metal. But it's, it's like they had to find the guy that's like, we need to find the guy that obligatory. Yeah. The obligatory. And honestly, even guy. some of those guys that dress up or wear like tons of crazy shit or whatever yeah. are also normal. They just look like that. Um, yeah. I don't know why. This guy's. This guy seemed pretty normal. Yeah, actually, he seemed fine. Uh, it, but yeah. he doesn't want to tell them what's going on upstairs. He's like, "Hey, we want to get up to the apartments and see, you know, see if we can find somebody there, or get some information." And he's like, "Hell no, you're not going up there." So then Kitana puts her hand down his pants and grabs it, and she's like, "Of course, you have like a dick piercing. What is that called? A, a yeah. Prince Edward? Got me, man. I might have the <laughs> prince wrong. Prince Harry. I don't know." <laughs> I'm not even sure how you'd know that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, just, that's oh. an actual name for that piercing of on uh, your dickhead. Oh, really? there. And uh, so oh. she finds it, and she's like, I will fucking rip this off. He's like, you don't got the balls. And he, she just rips the ring right off his dick. He starts, like, fucking wailing. He's just like, oh, my God. He's like, okay, I'll tell you. He's like, someone yeah. paid for all the rooms for a whole year. He paid the lease for a whole year, so I just let them in, and they've been up there this whole time. I don't know what they're up to. He's like, I'll take you up there. So he takes them upstairs, and they go and visit the rooms. And this is when they see all of what's been going on. They see all these yeah. people that are dead in there. It's a really fucked up looking scene. Um, uh, this is obviously where all this. Obviously, they were setting up some sort of. Um, I don't even know what you call it. There's like all these little baby incubator things, and they're. Uh, and Clive is able to deduce that oh they're they're using these babies to pull their bone marrow. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget there was a refrigerator full of jizz. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so they were basically taking women, impregnating them, to get specific results that they could find the right bone marrow for. And he's able to mm -hmm. deduce all this as well. He's also yeah. also a fucking science genius. I would just been like, what the? Okay, what's going on here? We see. <laughs> It's a jizz factory. Congratulations. I mean, what the hell am I, I know, This is like some kind of weird underground black market jizz factory. And uh, <laughs> we see that FBI – or not FBI, but like secret agent guy. And uh, the one that we saw earlier that he fought in that dirty-ass bathroom, and he's talking to somebody. But we know he's we know it's his boss because he's like, yeah, I just you know, got here. It looks like um, all this shit popped off and – don't worry, we're going to find the baby, and we will finish this and wrap this up. He talks to a bunch of other guys that look just like him, and then they take off. And so then that whole time, Clive and Quintana are, and the baby are just in the lab, like, d figuring all this stuff out. And the, they hear some guy coming. So the guy comes into the room. He's another one of the secret agents. He comes through. We get our second carrot killing. He shoves the carrot into this dude's eye socket. Oh, I don't know which one's worst. I don't know. I mean, I don't know which one's worse. It's just they both hurt just looking at him. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I think I think if I'm going to go, I think I want it in the eye socket because it would likely pierce your brain and kill you faster. The other guy just rammed it through the back of oh, his Oh, yeah. That guy just like choked on his blood for like an hour yeah. before he died. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think eye socket to the brain would probably be better. Um, yeah. So then Clive wants to just hide out and see if the news will find out what's going on and then things will clear up once it goes public. But Quintana knows, like, you know, she, well, she's feeling like that's probably not going to happen and, you know, they might be in danger. And she also mentions, like, that she's pissed off, right? Because Clive hasn't even asked her. Um, he ha He's asking her oh, yeah. to feed the baby and take care of it, but he never even asked her what happened right. to her own baby. Yeah. Right. 
something to that effect. This is one of those like heartfelt scenes. One of the few <laughs> heartfelt scenes in this movie. Really? Yeah, that's that's a stretch. Kind of. I mean, she's very emotional, and I guess they've had some sort of a relationship of some sort for quite yeah. some time. And she was like, "Yeah, you wouldn't even. You're asking me to do all this stuff, but you're not. You never even bothered asking me what happened to mine." And it turns out yeah. that her pimp punched her in her stomach, and she ended up having a stillborn yeah. baby, and that's how she lost her kid. That's why she's been lactating, obviously, because she was supposed to have a baby. Um, and so, and that's what a good mom does—a grieving mom. Instead of like taking time off work, you just use that into your act. You're like, I'm just going to lactate in perpetuity and continue to, you know, you know give it to. Yeah, sex you got to kind of heal um, some way, and in one way to heal is, you know, make some money. And uh, I guess she improvised and found a good way to make some of the, the, the fetish money there, you know. So it worked out for her. Then we get a scene where we actually get to see Clive being sort of a dad. He's like, uh, yeah. this is a gun. And uh, this is how you use the gun. This is the barrel. This is the bomb. This is your safety. He's like showing off. <laughs> it's like a little father-son scene. And the kid's smiling. And this this is actually the scene where uh, Quintana, I think, becomes like, this is the scene where they start saying, hey, you know, we're, we're a man and a woman in this weird situation, and I'm sure they've done things before, but maybe maybe it's time to, to rip the clothes off and, and do a little something. Yeah, something. Um, and I will say Belushi, she has, um, it's like a, well, she's always kind of seemed sexy, but she can flip it on. Like, you just immediately knew, like, oh, yeah. okay, a sex scene's about to happen. She just looks at him a certain oh, yeah. way. And you're like, mm-hmm. it's, it's down. She's ready to go. So they start making out. They start having sex. And the baby's crying because the baby knows something's going on. I guess the baby has a sixth sense too. And this guy busts out. And we have, I guess, the greatest combination of um, action movie tropes in the world where we have sex and yeah. shooting going on at the exact same time. I don't think that's ever yeah. happened. She's still like, oh, like she's still like feeling it. Um, how – it's pretty amazing to show how um, comfortable he is with killing grown men because he's still like rock hard, I guess, his whole time. Like, yeah, maybe harder. Not only is he rock hard, he's continuing to have sex with her. Yeah, all over the house. So it's not like he's even just hard and trying to. He's, he's yeah, he holds on to her and keeps her. Um, she's straddling him, and he stands up and he's like shooting guys. He moves to the wall shoots a guy he moves back before this other guy can shoot him it's an amazing scene that we cannot do justice you have to just see it but yeah. it is insane um yeah and so then a funny scene after this comes up because then we see giamatti and he well even before that oh, yeah, i've go got on. to say another terrible line here it's a great oh, one that's, that's terrible I, is, I i think he just finished up right after he shot a guy so there's a guy who almost shot him, but because they were having sex, they accidentally moved. The guy missed, and he's on his back. So, so Smith turns around and shoots the guy, and he talk, says, right as he's finishing, he's like, talk about shooting your load. <laughs> Just like, come yeah, on, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love those one-liners from good old Clive Owen. <laughs> so, so I had no, no, that, that was good. I missed that one. I forgot about that. And then uh, there's a funny scene with Giamatti is out there, and he – the guys are like, dude, how come you're not more pissed off? Like, this is a fucked up situation. He's like, I never get too mad. And then he says it releases some chemical, and he names the chemical, but I forget what it is. And apparently it lowers your IQ. And the guy's like, how did you know that? Like, they think he's such a genius. He's like, oh, my kid's just really addicted to Discovery Channel. 
<laughs> like, oh my god, of course, of course. So now he decides that he's gonna put uh, Quintana in a tank, and uh, yeah. this this was a stretch. He uh, gives her some pureed carrots, um, of course, to help the kid. And he's like, you got like four days of milk. Like, just hide in this tank. Nobody will find you. They won't know you're in there. Um, and to get, I guess, to, for a distraction, what what happens here, Mike? <laughs> to help her get into this tank. Yeah, some lady is yelling at her kid. And she's threatening to spank her kid. And Clive Owens is like, don't yell at the kid or whatever. And she's like, mind your own business. He's like, would you like it if I spanked you or something yeah. to that effect? And then he proceeds to bend this lady over his <laughs> knee and spank her publicly, which is, I don't think that that's acceptable. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, or definitely not. I definitely don't think you can just start spanking a, a grown ass woman out in public, but um, the kid really enjoyed it. Uh, Oh yeah, the kid was having a the great kid time. He like a drunk uncle at a party. He's just like, <laughs> he's like slapping his leg and shit. Oh god, the kid just overacted the shit out of that scene, but it makes it very hilarious. But yeah, but it's let's be honest here. There's no overacting going on oh, in this yeah, movie it's just at all. Right? Acting at this point, <laughs> it's just cartoon acting. So uh, he had noticed earlier that the guns that they were using were from Harrison. Hammerson. Hammerson. And uh, there's some gun manufacturer, and he's like, this model shouldn't have been released yet. Like, why do they have them all? So that immediately makes him want to go to the Hammerson factory to see what's going on, see if we can find any, you know, evidence of what might be happening. And, of course, uh, Giamatti just happens to be there speaking with uh, the CEO of the company, and uh, he's starting to break down who he thinks Clive is. Uh, He's mentioning that, well, there was this kid. You might have, I don't know if you have more on this, but you mentioned something like there was a kid who was a crack shot and just a great yeah. shot. He was Olympic worthy at some point, right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, grew up I... in to get into the army and then he just sort of fell off the map. So he thinks maybe he got into black ops or some shit like that. I'm like, damn, he's been digging. How did he have time to research this? <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like, what the? Do we skip some shit, or does he have a guy that does all the research? We haven't been introduced to him yet. Yeah, this was this was again. I don't know how he stumbled across this guy immediately. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, I figured this guy out, and I know his entire backstory. I'm like, yeah. Eh. Again, I'm not watching this movie for the storyline yeah. at this point, though. And, so and, I'm okay and you know, with you got to give this movie um, some credit that it could have easily been an hour and 40 something minute movie. Mm-hmm. But they're like, yeah. do we really want to explain why Giamatti knows all this shit or has these no. really good theories about who Clive might be? Nah, who no. cares? Let's just uh, skip all that and keep it at a minute 20 something. So, um, yeah. It would have slowed down the whole pace of the movie. Yeah. The, the, I think this movie, the thing about it is that it is so fast-paced that anything that is not an action sequence begins to get old very fast. Yes, uh, you're kind of like, uh, okay, what, what's going on? And so that's why a lot of times when there's any exposition or like this whole part where Giamatti's doing, saying all this shit, um, they're doing stuff. They're like walking around and preparing for things mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So this is a quick conversation he's having. And I've seen this Hammerson um uh, the the CEO uh, in a few movies, um, mm-hmm. 
I'm trying to think of his name. I think he was in Pumpkinhead, which was like a an old horror movie. Uh, Stephen uh, Mc Stephen McHattie, I think his name is. I'm not sure. I was trying to I was trying to cheat and look it up, but I'm I'm not googling very yeah, well. Yeah, he was in. <laughs> oh yeah, he's been in a shitload of movies. Holy crap, man! This guy's been in stuff. No, he wasn't. I don't think he's that guy. That was in Pumpkinhead. <laughs> and that might need to be. He's he was not... in Beverly Hills Cop Three. That's awesome. <laughs> he was in uh, Basketball. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, this guy's had a little a weird ass career. He's been in some weird ass fucking movies, but uh, hey, maybe some of these are good. Yeah. Maybe we might have a future uh, Mustache Podcastio movie out of this dude. I kind of liked him, to be yeah. honest. He's. He was a dick. I gave him that. He played the dick well. And if you're gonna if you're gonna have to play that role, lean into it. He kind of yeah, leaned did into lean it. Yeah, he did lean into it quite a bit. Uh, and and Hammerson tells Giamatti like, ah, I think you're kind of full of shit, dude. Um, you know, he's like, I don't think I don't really believe that you're really figuring this guy out at all. I think this guy is a random guy that decided to fuck up your whole operation. And uh, I think he mentioned something to uh, Giamatti, something about like um, guns are special because they, you know. He starts talking about how it's the American way and this and that, and you have the freedom to have a gun and you can become rich on your own. And then he says something about him hoping that Giamatti isn't just a pussy with a big gun or something like that, right? Yeah. All right, he said, um, let's, let's see if I say this. Yeah. He says, I'm hoping you're not a – something about um, – he asks him, he said, are you a man or are you a pussy? I remember yeah, that's that. right. Are, you're not just a – you're not just a pussy with a gun in your hand. Are you a man or a pussy? To something to the effect, I'm a man with a pussy in his hand. And he just starts That's to right. deniable like, <laughs> Paul Giamatti laughing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and my apologies. I confused this guy with Lance Henriksen, who's the guy from Pumpkin. Oh. They kind of look the same if you look them up. They're kind of both that weird kind of skinny old guy, grandpa dude. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be me in a few yeah. years. So watch, watch what you're wait. saying. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So then, uh, so yeah, so this whole time, Clive Owen's been just kind of prowling around, sneaking about, and he's listening to what they're talking about. He sees a security guard who's uh, sipping coffee, and he's going like, <sighs> like that, like every time. And you can kind of hear uh, Clive in his head saying, you know what I hate? <laughs> so he knocks this guy the fuck out, ties him to a chair. And then he's sitting on his chair, and he sips on the coffee, and he does that same stupid sound, which is really funny. I love that. And then he also ties some string to some, like, hardcore weapons and stuff, and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, yeah. okay, I guess he's going to use this to help him out just in case. So he's tying some strings, and I guess it's a lot, a lot of, of strings. strings, which we'll see very soon. He at some I guess at some point they realized he was there. Like maybe someone pressed a button yeah. or something. I may have missed it, but everyone knows he's there. It it seems like suddenly they do know he's there. I get the impression maybe he let himself be known at this point. Otherwise he wouldn't have needed to do all this stream. Yeah, stuff. maybe he knew they that they were eventually gonna know that he was coming for him. So then we see Giamatti, Hammerson, and all these other, you know, clowns getting ready to shoot at Clive. So they all shoot at him. He takes a bite of his carrot. And they all – oh, no, he does – he takes a bite of his carrot. Then he throws it like almost like a grenade. They all shoot at the carrot, distracted. Yeah. And so he's able to get a few shots off at some dude. And all the right. blood goes on Giovanni's head, and Giovanni just starts wiping it on one of the guy's shirts. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. 
And then, uh, yeah, so then uh, the other dope, probably one of my favorite action scenes of the movie because this whole action scene feels kind of home alone to me. You're <laughs> not wrong. It's like a grown-up Kevin McAllister. He just tied up strings to all this shit like when he did with the paint cans, but this time it's just semi-automatic rifles. And and there's no way he could have done this without getting caught because there's so oh, many yeah. rifles. He'd have made, and he, they're on... They're high up, and it's not even just they're all on the ground. They're, like, all over the place. He's going to have to get a ladder somewhere. He's climbing. You're going to... It's a little far-fetched. Yeah, it's like this guy is ghost person. I'm okay with it, but, yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. Like, I think it would have been one thing if maybe he broke in at night, and then he did all this, like, yeah, broke yeah. in, hurt the security guard, and tied it mm-hmm. up, and then just was able to set it up in the morning once they all got there, but... Yeah, it's kind of unbelievable he was able to tie all this string. At first I thought, oh, he just did one gun. But then I was like, well, there's another one. Right. There's another one. There's like a whole setup where he he starts using it to maneuver. Like he's pulling the strings. Yeah. Which is kind of like the yeah. scene where um, Kevin McAllister is yeah. uh, maneuvering the clown in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's very, very comparable. Very comparable. And also, I forgot to mention, just before that gunfight, we do have Giamatti who tells him that he found out that his wife and son were killed, right? In a, in a cafe or something. And so that's yeah. when you see... I think he may have hit the nose on that because Clive makes that face like, oh, shit, like this guy knows more about mm-hmm. me than I expected. So yeah. um, anyway, he's able to... Uh, he sticks a piece of carrot into the trigger of one of his guns, throws it, which distracts Giamatti and Hammerson so that way they won't shoot at him. And he shoots a couple more dudes, gets away, shoots a fence lock, gets through the fence, and Giamatti's like, God Damn it, we lost him again. Son of a bitch, Bugs Bunny. They they do keep dropping uh, references to Bugs Bunny during the entire they really do. flick. I think he ca- I think he calls him a, a wascally yeah, rabbit one time and a few other things. Wascally rabbit. So, yeah. so then Clive is now with uh, Quintana, and he lets her know about this Hammerson guy that he was basically uh, um, bestowed the the this whole gun corporation this whole gun company from his father so he's like a rich kid basically that has had it for quite a while but then he sees a newspaper that they've they've been using newspaper to collect all the dookie from the baby because they don't have any pampers or nothing and he sees it and he sees um senator rutledge on there and it says it talks about his Mm -hmm. gun control right or something like that yeah so he he could that might be the second one of the top 10 leaps of faith in this movie there's a bunch (laughs) he's just suddenly uh, he just suddenly deduces. He's like, I've got it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Once this guy becomes president, Hammerson's going to go out of business. Yep. So I bet you that, I bet you Rutledge here is the one that's harvesting the bone marrow to stay alive because he need, it's, it's just Crazy. some unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's so, I, I don't want to say bad because it will make it sound like I didn't enjoy almost every second of this movie because this yeah. movie was hilarious to me and I loved it. But the there are some plot holes and some leaps of faith. Yeah, you're like, okay, that's that was very um, convenient that your baby happened to shit in that newspaper, um, so that way you could think about Rutledge and his famous anti-gun laws or uh, his anti-gun agenda. So, so yeah, so he's immediately like, I need to figure out more about this Rutledge guy. So now they're heading out, and of course, uh, some dudes track them down. He has the baby in hand, or at least that's what it looks like. And this is really dope because oh, because just before this, I think he tells um, he tells uh, Quintana that hey, you need to get away for a while. Like, 
get on this green bus that travels like a big old distance. Mm -hmm. They won't know that you're on it. And she's like, well, how do I know you're going to find us? He's like, don't worry. I'll find you. Of course, action hero bullshit. So that's where she's planning on going. Clive jumps off of a bridge. There's a BMW down parked. He shoots straight down through the sunroof and lands directly into the driver's mm -hmm. seat, which is absolutely fucking amazing. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? How do you even get that angle down? I would have fucking hit yeah. the shit out of myself. And uh, he falls in. And a pretty decent uh, – because uh, we really haven't had, like, any major chases, like car chases. Uh, a lot of this has been taking place in warehouses and stuff. It's just cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, big old car sure. chase goes off. We got the BMW. We have a big old Suburban going at him. There's, like, the most guys that you could have stick out of a Suburban truck sticks out. Like, I think they get, like, eight or nine guys out of that bitch, and they're all shooting at him. We got – this is the scene where we have some of that – 2007 techno music popping off um he messes up one guy by opening his driver's side door and breaking super hard so they run yeah. into it he hits him that guy's knocked out he ends up getting sideswiped yeah. though the car flips temporarily and lands on the tires and he's okay but the baby fell out right <laughs> the baby's just there like on the street like holy shit man because he, he can't buckle the baby they don't have a, a car seat or nothing um, so yeah, so the baby falls out. So he's got to do like a full UE and he heads back mm -hmm. to get the baby. He's going so fast though that he misses it. And at the same time, there's this huge van coming toward him. So what does he do? <laughs> do you have it? Do you have it? You know, so he does it. He like, he shoots see. the fuck out of that van. I know yeah. that. Yeah. He shoots the windshield in the van and then he crashes through the van, ends up in the back of the van. And then shoots everybody in the van. Oh my god! Uh, amazing. Like, how, how do you projectile yeah. yourself from a lower BMW all the way up to a van? It's so good. So then, at yeah. that same time, conveniently, we have Giamatti coming through in a different car, driving, and he sees the baby in the middle of the road, and um, Clive is just getting out of the van at the same time, and of course, uh, Giamatti immediately runs over the baby. And he's like, "Ah, oh, finally got that son of a bitch." And he runs over the baby. He <laughs> breaks really hard to just double check, make sure that baby's dead. And they used like a animatronic, probably a baby they used in the actual movie, uh, animatronic right. baby. And it's making like little crying noises, and it looks creepy as fuck because it's just like a head now with uh, little robot pieces everywhere. And he's right. like, "What is that?" He's like, "That's." He's like, "What?" Yeah, the he's fuck? like, "That sick <laughs> son of a bitch." <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so good. Like, oh, it it really is good. It's, I I love this movie. I didn't think I would like it. I I knew I loved it. I knew I wanted yeah. it. You know, I knew I wanted to like it. But every scene is as dumb as the past. And there were there's some other things in that car chase scene that were hilarious too. And I won't get them all because yeah. there's so many little nuances. But I think it had to do with he knocked the guy with the door. But when he did, I think the guy dropped his rifle and somehow or another, it's like. He went speeding by to pick up an Uzi, so he ended up with another guy. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to it take. Yeah, in that's a big part of the movie is um, he finds the, the movie set up really fun, kind of weird, sneaky ways for him to get more ammo constantly. Because like like we saw earlier in the movie, he doesn't have any money. So he's, he can't really buy a bunch of guns and stuff. So he's actually relying on the people that are trying to kill him for ammo. 
So he finds these very <laughs> sneaky ways to get more guns. Um, so yeah. then after this whole thing, Clive finally realizes, okay, I'm going to call secret agent guy. I don't even know how he got a hold of him. I don't know if this guy gave him a card or what the fuck. I guess he called maybe um, the senator's contact and was yeah, the hotline, the senator's hotline. And they went <laughs> ahead and wired him in to this uh, random secret agent guy who I don't even know if we get his name. I don't remember, but he's in the movie quite a bit. Um, yeah, he was he was the first one that was shooting yeah. at him early, I believe. Same and, um, and then he has one of the most iconic scenes in any oh, movie coming so up later in the movie. I just love it. So it he is. arranges a meeting with the senator and the agent tells him like, hey, man, we weren't really trying to kill you. We were just trying to get you to surrender. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. You came in with a giant six shooter generated to fucking blow my brains out. So he meets the senator in a big old luxurious jumbo jet, and the senator looks like complete garbage. Like he looks sick as hell. Um, and I think he even says something like, "Clive's like, dude, you look like shit." And the the senator's like, "Well, it's amazing what makeup can do when you're on camera and this yeah. and that." Uh, so this guy's dying. Like he's got a he. Clive yeah. was right. He's got a disease. He's dying. He needs the bone marrow transplant in order to survive. Um, so. He's trying to, I guess he's trying to work with Clive or something to help him with this whole situation. But Clive notices that he's rubbing fur right. off his leg, right? And uh, that gets him to deduce that because they break down the movie basically of what we saw for us, just in case you missed anything. And then Clive somehow comes to the conclusion he's actually made a yeah. deal with Hammerson because he has Hammerson's dog's fur yeah. on his pants. Yeah, that that's not that's another one of these just it's illogical. The jump doesn't even make sense. I'm okay with it, but it's it's literally like they decided somewhere along the way that they wanted to wanted to take a two and a half hour movie and cut it down to an hour and a half and everything that would make him ever deduce this, I guess. I don't I have no idea. Yeah, and also like how do you know, know a dog? Like maybe by Oh, dude, even by breed, like it would be really difficult to just yeah. realize, like, oh, yeah, it's definitely Hammerson's dog's fur. But yeah. he was right. Um, Hammerson and and Giamatti come out of the plane, are come out into the room with the plane that they're in. And they're like, hey, you know, we struck a deal with this guy. And Hammerson yeah. explains some shit. I don't know if you got that, but he explains something like that whole deal, that whole thing with the babies. I guess went belly up or something. So they ended up having to clean house and kill everyone that was involved in it, obviously to, to close the loop. And they yeah. basically actually have been working with the Senator because they were, they worked in an agreement that if they get the Senator elected, that he will instead do the opposite and protect gun rights, right? Or something like that. Yeah. So they actually are working with the Senator. Yeah. The Senator basically sold his soul right. for it. Suddenly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, yeah, again, this, this was all just kind of, you know, string and, and bubble gum holding this <laughs> plot line together, what there is of it, but I'm, I'm okay yeah. with it. It's, it's fine. Uh, we're, we're just going <laughs> to let it happen. It's going to get, it's going to give us to the next scene, which is one of the best action sequences I've probably ever seen in any movie <laughs> in my entire life. And if that gets us to that scene, I'm all for it. This next scene. It pops off. Shit pops off. He grabs Clive, grabs the senator, and he starts pulling him toward uh, toward the back of the plane. And everyone has their guns out, and there's not much they can do about it. Um, 
and so then Clive finds a little door on the bottom of the floor so, uh, to get to the bottom of the of the I guess the cargo hold. I don't know what they call it. So yeah. He gets down there, closes it, locks it, and he tells the senator like, "You're gonna, I'm gonna kill you, and it's gonna be like you got assassinated by a gun. So that's gonna help with your anti-gun agenda." And the senator actually says like, "Yes, go ahead, yeah. do it. I want to be yeah. able to." <laughs> even let the senator have his moment of like i'm gonna redeem myself he just fucking shoots him square between the eyes so good yeah and none of the guys can get in and then of course uh because he tied the senator to the door oh that's right they can't lift it because he like he used the senator's iv and all the lines attached to him as rope yeah yeah (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, that, that was actually one of the more clever things that I was like, wow, that was pretty well thought out. So tell us a little bit what happens now, Mike. What, what goes on in the next scene? <sighs> well, well I, I don't recall exactly how, but I know he ends up yes. with a parachute for sure. Yeah. And he jumps out yeah. of the plane. As do a lot of other agents. <laughs> and we get a firefight in the sky as they're falling. Gorgeous. And... The most unrealistic, most ridiculous firefight scene I've oh ever seen. But some great shit happens here, and I know I'm not going to get it all, but one, um, let me see if I get this right. One of them is that a guy's coming down on him so fast that he actually opens up his parachute so the guy falls into his chute. Oh, I love that. And ends up falling through. And then there's another one where he, I think, a, I don't remember, but there's a bunch of shit that's literally just him shoot, you know, literally yeah. shoot him up. And, and the best scene is the one agent guy, the main agent, I guess it was Rutledge's agent that we saw earlier and was the guy that he kind of worked with to get the yeah. meeting with Rutledge. He's actually, we see him, I don't even think this guy has a parachute on. He's literally <laughs> just trying to shoot. And long story short, he's able to propel this guy into a helicopter flying below and pretty much death oh, by helicopter so in this and you scene. See, and I know I'm missing a bunch of, of shit that no, happened, that was but it was great. just, I watched it again today. It was so And the fact great. that this whole time ACDC's playing, um, I, I forget the name. Oh, yeah. I'm, I don't know the name. Shoot, Shoot to, to Kill, kill is right. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so good. Um, but yeah, it's just watching that helicopter shred that agent into pieces is so funny. And so then he, he gets parachutes down to the ground, and while he's walking, he actually ended up getting shot in the arm. Yeah. Is it? Okay. I, I knew he was yeah. hurt, actually. He got shot in the arm for once. Somehow. Yeah. And he's kind of holding onto his arm and he's walking through. And it's so funny because you see all the dudes that he just shot out in the sky and they're just played out. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly right around him. They all landed within a few so feet funny. of him. It was amazing. So he walks into some random ass building and he, he knocks out for a second. He's probably exhausted. I don't think we've seen him sleep once. Sure. Uh, so he knocks out. Giamatti's phone ringer goes off, and yeah, it's uh, he's got Giamatti's got a gun to his face. He's like, "Got you now, bitch!" And um, <laughs> they finally captured him. Elmer Fudd has finally captured that mm-hmm. rascally rabbit. So That's Giamatti right. wants him to tell him where the woman is and the child, because he takes uh, Clive out back to uh, Hammerson's house. It looks like we're at because Hammerson has his dog there, and he has like a bunch of taxidermy. So we're definitely like in some basement secret room situation. And to get the information, he starts breaking fingers. Giamatti starts breaking Clive's fingers, which are re- it's a rough scene. Um, for anyone yeah. that's into that weird to- torture porn horror, it probably won't affect you at all. But um, 
it is just very gross to just see someone's fingers get broken. All right, just hearing it, really. Um, so right. then Clive asks, why are you doing this? This is over. Like, I killed a senator. And Giamatti's like, dude, I got people way high up. I'm, you know, I'm wasn't, I'm just not the, I'm not just employed by Hammerson. Like I have people way up that need this, uh, loop tied. Um, and we need to, mm -hmm. we need to kill this. Uh, we need to kill, uh, Quintana. We got to kill his baby and we got to kill your ass. So he need to tell us where he's at, uh, or where they're at. And so then, uh, I think after that, the, they find out that the media hasn't even reported on anything about other other than the fact that there was a plane crash they haven't found the senator's body so that's also not been reported yet so they didn't even know the senator's dead so yeah there's still a lot out there that they can kind of cover up and nobody will know so it's a whole thing apparently clive inherited a he says clive inherited a little gun shop from his pops and he had actually sold the guy that ended up killing his yeah. wife and his son in a in the in the the deli or the cafe that he was in, he mm -hmm. actually sold that guy those mm -hmm. guns. And that's what made him go yeah. basically bonkers and hate everything and just give up on life, basically. Even though he was like this highly trained, you know, super soldier, basically. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We don't know if that's 100% true or not because he doesn't really confirm it necessarily, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can I get, get behind, behind that. It too. I think Clive just doesn't want to give him the benefit of letting him know right. that he got it right. So then after all these breaking fingers, Giamatti's like, you know what? We're going to need to take it up a level. So he grabs a scalpel, and he's about to put it right toward his freaking eyeball. And Clive just headbutts him and takes the hit from the from the scalpel because it actually pierces his forehead and is, like, stuck in between yeah. his forehead, like, in the skin. And so he he pulls that out of his head. He like scalpels a bunch of guys, you know, across their necks. He stabs a couple of dudes. He stabs. He pushes the scalpel into this guy's face, and he has like all this blood and shit all over his hand. And he just whips it at Hammerson's face and drowns his face in blood, like dark, dark blood. The blood work is good here. I actually really like it. It's not bad. And Hammerson's like, "Oh shit! Like I'm covered in blood." He fucking attacks Hammerson, shoots him, and he says, "Aren't guns fun, Hammerson?" <laughs> And he fucking kills that son of a bitch right in the chest. And then Clive walks away. He's all fucked up. You know, he's got broken fingers. He's yeah. got the bullet wound that's been, like, leaking blood for who knows how long. He doesn't even have, like, a tourniquet on it or nothing. So it's not looking good. But he is. He was able to take out everybody except, of course, Giamatti. <laughs> he's staying into the very end, baby. So uh, he, uh, he, he follows him. And Clive turns around, right? And he can't shoot or something. Like, yeah, it, well, his fingers are all fucked up, and he's trying to shoot. And Giamatti's walking at him, laughing maniacally because he realizes, or he believes, he's in no trouble yeah. at all. And um, he's getting real cocky. He goes like full maniacal, crazy person. And Clive, after he realizes he can't shoot him, Giamatti's also like, "I'm not worried. I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to play with him a little bit. Play with his prey." So then Clive walks into some random room, like a den, almost like a... I think it even has like a bearskin yeah, rug or some well, shit. Hammerson just... has a hell of a house if you're into taxidermy and cigars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like dead animals and smoke. This is this your, is your joint. joint. He goes by a fireplace, which I was like, why is he... Why did he lay by a fireplace? <laughs> I was so confused. Like, I know. hide in a closet or some shit. I don't know. And yeah. um, Giamatti comes through, and I, it's something like... <laughs> 
Giamatti's like, before I kill your punk ass, you gotta admit, I am dead on about who you are, Smith. And Clive says, right. says that, say that again. And Giamatti says, I am dead. And then, and then Smith says, stop right there. That is the one thing you were right about. Then you see that he has four bullets in between his individual fingers. And he pushes his hand into the fire to light the bullets on fire behind them. And the, somehow the bullets shoot forward and shoot Giamatti in the chest like four times. Yeah, it is the most unbelievable horseshit scene. And this coming from just a few minutes ago, we were talking about how people were shooting each other in the sky. <laughs> he used his hand as a okay. gun, like I know it and, was. Great. You know that that actually would never happen, but it's really fun to see it in a movie. Just to see it, sure. Uh, my brother yeah. tried to light a bullet. I think I, I mentioned that in the last episode. Where my bullet brother tried to light a bullet. Um, with a lighter to see if it would shoot forward. So, what the hell's matter with your brother? He was like That's eleven crazy. years old or twelve, and so my my mom saw Ow. him just before he had the bullet got hot enough to pop, and she told him to stop doing that. So, her mom instinct kicked off. I guess I don't even know how she knew. <laughs> Probably not safe to light a bullet on fire. Yeah, though. in his imagination, he's like. I think my brother said something. Well, I had it pointed like at a wall. It's not like I was going to hit anybody. <laughs> it's like so stupid. So, um, so yeah, we have Giamatti's, you know, giant ass on the ground, and it's his phone starts ringing. So he's like, "Your wife's calling." That's what Clive says, and he grabs the phone. He's like, "Hello, honey," and he hears just some shit on the phone. He's like, "She's leaving me." <laughs> so he's dying, and his wife called him to tell him that she's leaving him. Double, double whammy. He finds a so he gets the um, finds somehow the will to stand up, and he tries to get one last shot off on on Mister Smith, but they're both like trying to like shoot each other, but Mister Smith gets the shot off and blows a giant hole into Giamatti, and we get some solid two thousand and seven CGI effects. Everybody. We got some ribs and some guts hanging out, and it looks like N64 shit. It is the funniest shit, dude. Oh, my God. We've come a long way. My yes, God. we have. But in a way, it was in a way it was even better when it was yeah. cheesy like that, I think. There's, it's kind of like, it, to this day, I don't like newer games where the graphics are too good. I almost want the graphics to be kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's a little more tongue-in-cheek and kind of campy uh, with these, gra with these uh, CGI effects here. Yeah, and you've seen, I'm sure you've seen Evil oh, Dead yeah, 2, right? Oh, yeah, I love Evil Dead 2. Yeah, I, th I thought you had. So, yeah, that's very similar. I wouldn't change oh, no. anything well, about that movie. Well, what makes those movies good, uh, those old Sam Raimi movies, is the fact that they use practical yeah. effects for all that. And it right. holds up longer, I think. Then yeah. that's kind of the, they had to do that. They had to, those those movies that decided to go into the CGI right. back then, they had to do that knowing that, ah, oh, 10 years from now, it's going to look like shit. But, hey, people are going to like it right now. Um, so yeah, I totally yeah. get it. They had to dive in. Someone has to do it. So, um, yeah, yeah. That'd be the first. So then Hammerson's German shepherd heads out of the house with Clive. And let me say once again, John wick, you hack, he's got his little sidekick, uh, German shepherd with him. And Clive takes off with the dog on, a, on that green bus that he told, uh, Quintana to get on. And it's just kind of quiet. Now he's just traveling with the dog. He's trying to heal up. His hands are completely wrapped because all his fingers are totally fucked. So they got to heal. His hands are wrapped like mittens. Like, 
right? <laughs> it's really fucked up. And so he can't even use his hands, really. He ends up getting into, like, a little cafe. And uh, we hear... I mean, you can't mistake Bellucci's voice. You hear her say, like, you wait here. I'm going to be working. He turns around. He sees baby Oliver, and he's all happy to see him. And, of course, um, then he sees he sees Bellucci, and he goes up to her, and they start making out. And, of course, these meth heads are cracking. I don't know what the fuck they are, but there's some crazy-ass yeah. hillbilly motherfucker come through. And they hold up the cafe yeah. she's been working at. And, uh, oh, it's so gross. There can't be a lot of money there. The what? There can't be a lot of money. I know. Like, there's no one there. <laughs> it wasn't even, like, one guy. It was several guys. They're going to have to split the money. Like $25 each. And $25 and a free side of That's pancakes. true. Maybe you steal some shake mix. I don't even know. I don't know how you get out of the, the amount of effort it would be to hold this place up. But, uh, yeah, so... And it's funny because a lot of times because... Um, Clive eats carrots, they'll zoom in with the impression that that's the way he sees. Like, he can see very detailed because carrots are supposed to help your vision. There's actually even a scene that we may have skipped where he eats a carrot and it clarifies his vision a little better so he can see a little better. <laughs> it's so that. stupid. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. I, I never it's knew a super pill. <laughs> and so he's, he's eating the carrots. Um, I don't know if he's a carrot here, but he's able to look and he zooms in on like the feet of one of the guys that's wearing sandals and they just look like giant crocodile rotten toes. Just gross as shit. And I was eating breakfast too, which made it even worse. Like, Son <laughs> of a bitch. Why did I do this? So anyway, they get into this big fight. He kicks the, the gun out of this guy's hand and he holds up a carrot and the loop of the of the trigger goes onto the carrot and then he uses that to then kind of like push yeah. the 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 trigger with his mitten hand and he's shooting it. he's like holding it sideways and he's just shooting these guys one guy he shoots his wrist so then he shoots his gun and shoots the other guy that's ducked in cover yeah. that guy then shoots his gun and it hits the 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 glass of a dude that was just kind of a big old rotund man that was sucking on a fucking on a shake there just looking all creepy and shit yeah and that explodes his glass yeah. and then there's that one guy left there's three guys that came through so there's one guy left he tries to go for a weapon and then uh clive like gets ready and he shoots him but right at that same moment boom credits movie over happily ever after motley cruz kickstart my heart <laughs> Yeah, the soundtrack to this was. was oh yeah, perfect. yeah. They use a lot of um, those songs that people are going to be hearing like fifty years from now. They're still going to be played on some radio station because they're still played now, and they're like freaking forty years old or so, twenty, yeah. thirty years old. You're not wrong. It's insane. you're not wrong. So this movie was fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> had a good time with it, man. It's so good. The credits in great. You yeah. know, we got some good montage scene of all this shit going on and. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I just had a really good time. And I will say uh, there were a lot of very, very, very good characters in this movie. Um, <laughs> debatable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there was enough. And um, I'm going to do uh, – uh, I do have a segment, Mike, uh, that, I, that I call uh, Quick Impressions. <laughs> Quick impressions.
God, that is twisted. That sick son of a bitch. Oh, that sick son of a bitch sucking at us again! What the hell is that? Oh my God, that is twisted. That sick son of a bitch. Oh, that sick son of a bitch suckered us again. All right, we are in the rating section of the it, show. I, I, I could do a Paul Giamatti impression for you. I'll go um find some girl with her top down and squeeze it and look all like I'm about ready to jizz my <laughs> Yeah, I, so I did the, I did the audio impression of Giamatti, and we'll release the video version of Paul Giamatti's impression for Mike <laughs> later. Uh, wait for that when the, the episode releases. Uh, so as you know, as you may or may not know, Mike, I do rate my movies by my favorite mustaches. So uh, the full yeah. Fu Manchu recommendation is it's a hell of a movie. A walrus mustache is damn good. A horseshoe mustache is, eh, watch it once if you want. And then the toothbrush mustache or the Hitler mustache is burn that bitch in hell. How would you rate Shoot 'em Up? It depends on what you're looking at here. I would say if you're looking at fun, this is definitely a Fu Manchu oh, yeah, on the fun yeah. chart as far as I'm concerned because you don't go in. You, I actually find most action movies to be ridiculous because they try to mm -hmm. be too much. Like I think the Fast and the Furious series is yeah. stupid. And when you're trying too hard to make a movie, when you're – your action movie is an excuse for a movie, but then you try to have too many plot lines and too, it takes away from it. This movie knows exactly what it is. And even though we sat here and trashed the plot and some of the loopholes, I guess some of the holes, not loopholes yeah. in this movie, I'm fine with, from pure action and insanity, I'm, I'm totally Fu Manchu. If you're talking watchability, there are a couple of, glaringly obvious <laughs> problems with the plot that almost distract you. So at that point, it's a walrus. So if, if you put somewhere between a walrus and a Fu Manchu. Yeah, I totally agree. I I do give this the full Fu Manchu recommendation. <laughs> and uh, I do <laughs> give it that. I think if you come at this movie with the right mentality, with wanting to have mm -hmm. some fun, with understanding that there are going to be leaps, there are going to be reaches, um, that this movie's here to entertain you and to just kind of enjoy the ride, you will totally love this movie. Um, and the fact, the, the fact that there are 80 firearms used during this production and $70,000 worth of the budget went to just – it just was allocated for squibs, for 6,000 squibs used for guys that got shot. That is an action movie budget if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Um, Clive Owen is absolutely amazing as the protagonist. He's that yes. kind of mysterious um, man on a pale horse, you know, that nobody knows who's just out there doing his thing. And you run into him at the wrong time and it's 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 your day. You know, that's it's time to die. And then the fact that Paul Giamatti, who we're honoring today, has a fantastic stash, is a great, um, very uh, polarizing actor, I think, because I think some people probably can't stand this guy. But I absolutely loved him in this one. And hes I think that's why he's so yeah. famous. He's really good at getting you to dislike him. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree with 100%. He's like that in Billions. I hate <laughs> him in Billions. I hate almost all the characters in Billions. But he is so good at being 
the guy you just yeah, hate that you have to appreciate him. And I'm sure not to distract from a non-mustache. Actually, this movie does have a mustache in it, and I'm going to talk about the mustachio character. Have you seen Sling Blade? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's been a long time, but yeah. Doyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doyle, the main antagonist, I guess you would say. He, very similarly, I did not know that was Dwight Yoakam. Oh, yeah, he's a country Dwight singer. Yoakam. And... Yeah, and the truth of the matter is, I was a Dwight Yoakam fan. I don't like country music, but I love Dwight Yoakam, or at least a few albums. I didn't even know that was him because he was such an mm. asshole in this movie. And I was, I come away from a movie going, if you dislike someone in the movie, if someone rubbed you completely the wrong way and was meant to, then they did their job. They did a yeah. great job. And I think, yeah, and I think Giamatti does that in this movie. That not so much you hate him, but he's just so sleazy. Yeah, you kinda. you're definitely not rooting for him, but you love to see him on screen because you know he's going to say or do some yeah. really crazy random shit. So, I had a really good time right. uh, uh, discussing this movie yeah. with you, Mike. I'm glad we were able to to bring this onto the podcastio. I'm very happy with this. So now, as we conclude the show, do you have any uh, plugs or any anything you want the the listeners to know about uh, Whack Brackets? Sure. If you get bored of listening to Mustachio Podcastio, which I know may or may not actually happen, but if you're if you're interested in trying something different, and especially if you're interested in finding out what Daniel does uh, podcast wise, then come over and check out a couple of episodes of Whack Brackets. He's on. One podcast about mustachioed actors, of course. We have another one that's probably releasing after this one, 90s Toys, as well as an election night special that he crashes in the middle, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. But uh, but yeah, by and large, pretty much uh, the trope, and I try to explain it quick, is uh, I bring on fellow podcasters, and I bracket off contestants or items using irrelevant questions, and we change the questions every round. You can reach out to me on the Twitters and the Instagrams, or send me an email, Mike at Whack Brackets, and my... Instagram slash Twitter handle is at Wag Brackets. And that's pretty much my plug. But before I quit talking, I just want to say, Daniel, thank you for having me on. I love this movie. It's been a blast. You're always a great time on my podcast, too. We recorded an episode right before this. So we've we've had oh, the whole yeah. afternoon together, but it's been it's been my treat. Yeah, you've it's been, been putting up with me for, for, for quite a few hours, so I really appreciate that. I I thank you for actually coming on to the show. I think uh, it was really great to break this that movie down with you. Um, and, and as far as y'all know, you know, you can find the show on Instagram at Mustachio Podcastio, M-O-U-S-T-A-S-T-O, and you can also find it on Twitter, M Podcastio. And it, you actually can email me. I finally uh, got an email going. So if you ever want to send me any movie recommendations, I don't have a Patreon or anything like that. So um, just send me recommendations that you might have uh, through Mustachio Podcastio at gmail.com. I will get them, and uh, if I like them, I'll add them in. If I don't like them, I'll let you know. <laughs> Transparency. Yeah. Yeah, and if your people want to see, uh, we're actually, you can't see it, but yeah, we're actually going to release the video of me doing my Paul Giamatti impersonation on his Patreon. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to release it on my own like, fans. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, as long as you get paid for it. It's a... It's a fine line between art and porn. There's a fine line. But uh, <laughs> either way, I hope you all enjoy that impression. I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to uh, getting some more out there in the near future. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Mike. You all have a good one. Until next time, later. See ya. <laughs>